Tune in to the Neil Prenderville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Meanwhile, uh, Fine Gael are gathering in for their thinking. They're tinking. It's a front page you're making this morning's um, Daily Mail and uh, they probably are aware themselves that they just need to do better and they need to reconnect. So one of the ways you can do that as they head into their thinking is you roll out Leo Varadkar and you get him to say things like, there'll be no tax hikes to pay back COVID. Actually, there'll be increases in pensions. They're going to go up because they ain't done so since 2019. And all welfare benefits will rise. I don't know whether Willy Wonka will pay back the debt or who. Must be some kind of a magic solution. So that's one way to try and reconnect with the public. Tell them there'll be no tax hikes, but there will be increases in pensions and welfare and stuff like that. Uh, there will need to be because the cost of living has gone through the roof. It's spiraling upwards. Inflation is on the way up. Utility bills are increasing. Don't even talk about car insurance or house insurance these days. All on the rise. And of course, if you're trying to build a house or buy a house, then you know that all of the bits and pieces that go into house building have also gone through the roof. So, interesting interesting to see because they're also talking about or at least somebody somewhere is talking about increasing taxation uh, for uh, people who work for themselves the self-employed, the risk takers if you like, or the people who actually employ people in jobs. Hit them harder and hit them more. As to whether that will happen or not, of course, Fianna Gael and Leo Varadkar says, no, I won't let that happen either. So he's kind of Santa Claus without the beard, I suppose. Uh, mind you, we are going to be dismantling and uh, continuing to dismantle the state's mass testing regime uh, pack away Neffet and try and get back to the way things were. But as we talk about things like that in the papers this morning, you'll also find people saying that, hold on a second now, hang on a while, this Delta variant ain't gone anywhere. It's highly transmissible, is and will continue to be for under 12s. And there's a professor from St. James's Hospital makes the mirror today saying that most under 12s will get COVID by next spring. Uh, and what they do with it is anybody's business. Bring it home, pass it on to other people. I don't know, Neffet are rejecting that. They're saying that, um, what was it the words Neffet used when they heard this? They said that uh, it's that it's uncritical reading of the modelling. Um, but um, I don't know what the deal is in creches uh, and in daycare and in primary schools with regards to pods anymore or separating the kids or masks or anything. But we're heading into the winter and of course all the schools are back and college is back as well. And uh, it's freshers week, so be prepared for a bit of partying on Lisa, I'd say. Papers also today talk of Cork Airport because they are promising and promising and promising that it will open on time. No matter what way you peel this one, we are a city with a closed airport. I don't know if anybody else around the world ever as a city had to close their airport to Tarmacadam and do work on the runway for a 10-week period when people are desperate to get away. But the examiner has two stories on it this morning, both of them by, by Owen English. And then there was a fight, apparently. There was also altercations on Oliver Plunkett Street uh, on Friday apparently where a man age 48 with an address in Balafihan uh, suffered a serious head injury uh, and underwent emergency surgery um, at uh, I imagine probably the CUH but apparently he was involved in a number of interactions let's say with several people around the Grand Parade Oliver Plunkett Street Junction around about 6 o'clock and they figure according to own English and the examiner that they figure that one of those altercations resulted in him either being pushed or punched, falling backwards and striking his head against the ground. Now, at one stage, his condition was described as uh, critical. Um, I'm assuming at this stage that the great intervention of the work of surgeons and medics at uh, the CUH um, have managed to stabilize his condition and make a recovery. But yeah, the awful news um, that came out of Lick Snow 
makes the papers also today because after people die, of course, they have to be cremated or buried. So this morning, the star is telling us that the murder-suicide dad, as they, as they call him, Mossy O'Sullivan, he's going to be buried separately from his partner and son, uh, whom he killed before he turned the gun on himself. So the bodies of Eileen and her 24-year-old son, Jamie, uh, will be buried separately from um, the dad, Mossy O'Sullivan, murder-suicide mother and son's funeral to be live-streamed as well today. And other deaths make the papers because apparently uh, Ian Bailey's done a pre-record interview with uh, Virgin uh, Media uh, News, which I believe airs tonight. I'm open for, to correct, for correction on it, but I, th- I think it is tonight. But they've been kind of drip-feeding diff- drip different parts of the Ian Bailey interview. Like the Mail this morning says that he's quoted as saying that Sophie was not the most beautiful woman. Um, another one then talks of uh, Sophie's killer, uh, the man who Ian Bailey says did actually kill Sophie Toscan de Plantier was local and that he made a deathbed confession admitting to the brutal crime on his deathbed. So that's interesting and maybe worth watching uh, on, on Virgin Media as to what he's got to say because as we know, Ian Bailey always has uh, something new to say. And then you heard in the news, of course, uh, that uh, unfortunately we didn't do um, the business when it came to the Camogie final yesterday, but... Uh, all credit due to the girls, all credit to those on, on board. Uh, they lost out to Galway in the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship final. And But there's an interesting one making the, the star today where Amy O'Connor says that 80, she, she couldn't believe it, that this, this survey out saying that 89% of people in Ireland couldn't name an inter-county Camogie player. Uh, that's the stark statistic revealed earlier this year came as a massive surprise to some of the big, cor- big uh, sports stars around the country that the nearly 90% of people couldn't name any inter-county camogie player. Imagine that could not be said about the men. Uh, they would have no problem in naming men. Uh, and on that basis, of course, we must continue uh, to talk up and uh, to celebrate uh, women in sport. Unfortunately, uh, yesterday's uh, Mail on Sunday didn't do the same when it came to women in politics because Neve Walsh has come in for crit- some criticism with regards to um, comments that she's made in her column yesterday about female politicians and what they wear and how they're dressed. Now, they, she does have a go at some of the men. I'll come back to it a little later on. But people are pushing back saying this is not right uh, to be judging someone, criticizing somebody um, or, or in kind of almost in a mocking tone to be going on about how somebody looks. Now, I know to some extent uh, Leo Varadkar got that when I was off last week with the, with the photograph of him at a gig in the UK picking his nose. And the only aspect of all of that, I think, is the picking of his nose, because we all pick our nose. Uh, but how would we feel if we were photographed and then it was shared all around and we were mocked and ridiculed about it? I mean, him going to a gig, not on. Absolutely. You know, you need to lead by example. But perhaps the sharing of the photograph of him picking his nose is, is just a little bit over the top. Your thoughts on that? Text 0868104106. And the great Emma Raducanu, if you ever want an example of uh, how to follow your dream, it doesn't always work out. Dreaming something isn't enough. You've got to work hard at it. You've got to practice. You've got to hone your talents and what have you. Um, but apparently... She was just only 18 years old and she won the US Open, uh, came in as a, as, as a wild card, having coming through uh, qualifiers. And now, of course, will go on to win, I think, if she can get it together and hold it together, many more big, big tournaments and make hundreds of millions of uh, euro and pounds and dollars in sponsorship and advertising. But she was told in school, like three months ago, she sat her equivalent to our leaving search. She was in a, an exam hall. Look at her now. Uh, she certainly has aced it. But she was told by one of those teachers a few years back to give up tennis 
and to concentrate her efforts on her books and study and getting a proper job. Wasn't it a lucky thing she didn't listen to that teacher? The Neil Prenderville Show. 13th of, uh, of September and we're already hearing of uh, Christmas advertising. One would think that we should at least wait until after Halloween to be talking about it. But yet the shops are stocking for Christmas and uh, many of them already are gearing up for it. Uh, There's a story that makes the mirror this morning saying that Christmas stock on shelves three months before December 25th uh, is just not on because people are under enough pressure as it is without having added pressure with regards to uh, the demands, the financial demands and the pressure of Christmas. It just seems to get earlier and earlier. I suppose it also means that the sunshine is gone, whatever we got of it. Although I'd never give up on that, you know, we might get the odd rogue day. And then for those of you that remember the 70s, then, of course, you heard over the weekend that, um, yes, sir, I can boogies, um, Baccarat singer uh, Maria has died at the age of 69. Didn't that become an anthem uh, for Scottish soccer fans for years after? Uh, but she's passed away. Um, I, don't, I don't think the song has aged all that well, though, you know? That's 15 seconds of it. Uh, you can text whether or not you want me to play the entire version of it when we play out this morning at around about six minutes to midday. Should I or should I not play the entire version of Yes Sir, I Can Boogie, I Can Boogie from 1977, uh, the passing of Maria Mendiola, who died at the age of 69. Text 0868104106. Well, they certainly are boogieing. And they certainly are dancing and having a good old rare time of it, particularly up around the College Road, because it's Freshers' Week. Uh, and it starts, and the parting started over the weekend. And to meet me this morning, upon arriving, you need to highlight what the residents of the Magazine Road and surrounding areas have to put up with every single year. We've had an outrageous night last night, as Freshers' Week has kicked off with a vengeance. 300 students partied on our road for two hours until Gardy eventually arrived and dispersed the crowd. Not one fine or arrest was made for drinking on the streets, urinating in public, smashing glass on the road and footpaths where us residents have to walk or drive in this area and disturbing the peace. This is only the first night, so God help us for the next two weeks as we were informed by the Gardaí tonight. Um, I think what you're saying is that the Gardaí were telling you, be prepared for more of this over the next uh, two weeks. Um, one of the things that people up there probably are praying for is for rain, you know, and lots of it, so that their life will be a little bit quieter because the students probably won't be outdoors if it's teeming down upon them. But anyway, David, good morning. Okay, so that's that lady actually asked me not to give out her details, but you'd concur with what she's saying. She says 300 students on the roads for a couple of hours. Was this last night? Yeah, it was last night. It was about 20 to 11. My my young fellow actually couldn't sleep when he came downstairs because he said he came out. He said, "Will you listen to this?" So we actually went out the front, and it sounds like a football match. And we were living in Highfield West, so it was actually in Highfield Avenue. So. Um, my wife, myself, and my 13-year-old, actually, we went out to see what the story was. And I said it was probably in excess of at least, yeah, between 250 and 20. I'm looking so, at the videos, David, and I see yeah. the guards in flak jackets trying to 
move them on. Isn't that what they're doing? They're trying to move them down the street en masse. Well, well, well that's what they did. At one point, the, oh, I mean, when the girls came, they just dispersed them. That was it. They actually just shoved it down the hill. And really, if you know the area, I'm sure you do, then it basically went around in a circle. That, that's the crowd did, you know? And came back um, again, is it? Oh, did it, yeah. Yeah, they came back around again. And, and then they started to congregate at, at the top of um, Dorgan's Road. Um, and then they was dispersed. But basically, they just kind of, they were all milling around the place for the night. So it went on, I'd say, until about, I think quite now, about, about three o'clock in the morning. Probably, probably when I sent, sent the text into you, you know? Sent the text at 3 a.m., did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it just kind of went on. But what about, all, what about all of the people in the videos that are streaming out of the college accommodation houses, you know, the house shares? Yeah. I mean, I, in, in that particular house, I think from what we gathered, there was, because we, we weren't there, there was a party in, in, in one of the houses on, on Hyper West and I think most of the people who were outside were actually in the party, so I don't even know physically how they managed to get them in there. Um, but it's—I I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. There was one, there was one man, and he was trying to drive down the road. He couldn't—he couldn't get through because it, the crowd was so dense and so thick. So he reversed up the road. When he got to the top of, of the road uh, at, at the crossroads by Dolan, some guy opened his passenger door and flashed at him, and then walked away. And my thirteen-year-old said, "Did you see that?" And I said, "I did." And the guy actually just got out of the car and said, this is ridiculous. He was just trying to get home to Blarney Street. They are so young. They clearly are freshers in the video that I've watched. They oh, yeah. really are first years, aren't they? Yeah, they, they look like they're first years or second years. I mean, I mean, officially next Monday is, is when first years come in. So what you're looking at there is mainly, I would say, second years or else they've just started accommodation. Either second years or first years who have just got their digs and have landed up with their gear and taken over yeah. their houses or apartments yeah. or what have you. Yeah, you know, and and the thing is, and it's, it's very malevolent. I mean, basically, I mean, when my wife's walking down the street, I mean, there's that part of the video where they're actually throwing bottles at them, you know? Throwing uh, bottles at civilians? Yeah, I, 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 my wife My wife was, was going down the road with somebody else and she's videoing, I think it's another video I sent you in, and they were basically just throwing bottles at them, you know? And so the whole, all, all like between the pavements and the road, it's broken glass everywhere. But are you yeah. saying they were aiming bottles at people? Well, what they were doing was they were throwing them at their feet, you know. Well, but they were aiming them at them, of course, yeah. I mean, you can actually hear it in the video, like, and you can hear the bottle smashing into ground as well, like you know. Oh my God! I mean, like there's partying, and there's this. This yeah, is not. This is not a part having a party, like. No, no, no. It's extremely malevolent, the whole thing. And, and there is a kind of a toxicity, you know, that's crept into and a really sort of bad kind of energy which is, has crept into this area. Do you, do, you, do you think that enough was done in advance to anticipate that this was going to happen um, with regards to okay. the college or Gardaí or was any, you know, they have, don't they have roaming college security doing the rounds? Yeah, we, we actually met them last night when we went around the corner to Bifle Avenue. We actually met um, a student patrol there was um, there was four four young people there uh, and they they were at the corner I mean they were good kind of you know 20 30 yards away from the patrol they didn't approach the party at all um, and in one way you couldn't blame them and then at one point when it seemed to get a bit more righteous they just said right we're out of here and they, they took off yeah, so there was no arrests made as such there was no uh, names taken or you know they didn't 
I mean, where are we with regards to 50 or 60 students inside in a house now with all the COVID stuff? Is is that okay now? I mean, are they all vaccinated? Where are we at with all that? As far as I know, as far as I know, things still stand, you know. Uh, I mean, that's what we've been told from, you know, un- until such time as they decide to change those sort of regulations, you know. But, yeah. but, but uh, I, I suppose that uh, one, one of the major difficulties is that... Um, like if it happened in any other area in the city, and I've worked in, I've worked in, in the north side. I've done youth work for the last, I don't know, uh, since nineteen eighty three, and I've worked in fairly top areas that would not be tolerated, you know, and the guards wouldn't tolerate it either, you know, and that's that's the difficulty. Well, I mean. it's because there is no other area of the city that has that kind of concentration of college accommodation. You see, I know, but you you you've large large uh, concentrations of young people in different areas and. And they certainly wouldn't be allowed to get away with that sort of behaving. All right, what would and you? Would, what would you say the guard should do? They should arrest them. I mean, I mean, instead of instead of bringing up two 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 four by fours with four guards in it, you know, two SUVs, they should have brought up a paddy wagon. If they were serious about that, because when I was there, that didn't happen. There wasn't any of it. Basically, what it was at one point because they had moved up onto magazine mode. I went down to the guards. I said, "Look, they're just carrying on the same thing up around the corner." And, is and it worth? Is it worth for everybody else? Is it worth it to stay there, to live there, to raise a family there? If you have to put up with this year in year out, even across the summer, because I, I was cycling up around that area coming out to work, like even the even the the big blue bins or whatever colour they are, they were all jammed and overflowing with bottles over the summer as well. Is it worth it? Yeah, well, the same bins this morning have been overturned. You know, um, uh, is it worth it? I don't know. We're here twenty years, and 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 it is just getting worse and uh, to be honest here uh, and what's actually creeping in which is more concerning is that people think this is a norm and it's not normal you know it, it's kind of like it's normal for this area people who move in here from stu- or students or who are working they feel it, it's kind of normal behaviour that's okay you know we're, we're, we're just becoming very kind of um, you know oppressed by the whole thing that's yeah I can understand why because it, they don't they don't marry together like you can't live in harmony with that it's impossible no no, 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 no. You, you can't. And, um, and like, you know, if, if you're male on the street as well, if you're out at night, like, like you're probably under threat as well because you're seen as, as, a, as a resident male. Where, like, in fact, most of the people who are, who are out at night are the women in the area. And most of the women tell the men to stay indoors because they just can get just too, too mad. And, like I said, there is a kind of a, an aggression there. You know, well, was, you remember the video of the, the fellas who went into the house and the girls were in there. Do you remember that? Some years back. They were, yeah, but the thing is, like, I mean... They were angry. That, they, they were certainly angry, but as I said, like, when we commented on that before, I mean, we, we have no knowledge of anybody in our, in our resident sort of community who would actually do that. No, I'm not yeah. saying it was part of any residential no, community. No. I'm, just, I'm, just saying oh, yeah. it, I'm just saying it happened. Uh, guards were removing large groups from a, a number of the houses that were streaming out of the houses. I mean, you know, like, because people who would be on alert with regards to, say, the Delta variant and the schools being back and the primaries and the secondaries and the college and a winter wave, they'd be very depressed to hear this this morning, you can be sure of that. I think I might be able to play a little bit of the audio here. Uh, this will give you some of the atmos yeah. from up there. It's all very well for the rest of us to talk about this, but unless you live with an experience, and even the audio probably won't do it justice. <laughs> Does sound like uh, 
as if they're coming out or streaming in and out of a gig or an outdoor concert or something, doesn't it? Anthony! Yeah. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, I don't know if you have much to add. Uh, David has uh, has set the scene very well, but you've been living with this year in, year out, and it only seems to be doing one thing, and that is getting worse. Yeah, here we go again, the perennial thing, the same thing again. And the word on the street is, because of COVID last year, that the first years couldn't have Freshers' Week last year, so it could be a double bubble. They're going to have a Freshers' Week as well. So, so the second year's on. kicked off at the weekend and the first year's will join them. Yes, yeah. and it's getting worse. I knew from 8 o'clock last night, I could hear the noise and I could hear the racket, and I knew it was going to kick off. And I really don't know. I mean, the Gardaí are good, they do come out, but I mean, it's starting really need to get very, very serious because a couple of weeks ago there, there was a girl bottled in the face in the area. What? And there was a guy stabbed up at the junction of Magazine Road and Dorgan's Road. I recall that one, but the girl being bottled, um, is there much you can tell me about that? Because uh, uh, I just heard it from a member of the Residents Association, but apparently it was quite serious. (sighs) And about three weeks ago, I had to call the Gardaí myself and I counted... 25 came out of a house. Not far from me. And not one of them were wearing a mask. I don't know what the Gardaí can do. I, In fairness, they did come out and they did clear the house. But the minute the Gardaí are gone, they come back it's again. It's a temporary thing, yeah. They wheel back in again, yeah. Around the block and in again, yeah. yeah. And I think really it should be... But where are they with regards to the fining and the, uh, you know, for, for street drinking or urinating in public or... Arresting somebody for smashing smashing glass and like there are well, laws being broken. As I said to you before, it seems to me if you're a UCC student, you're like Harry Potter, you've an invisibility cloak. The law doesn't apply to you, and it should apply to you. And those people that caused not all I'm not saying all students. We were all young ones. We all partied. I did myself. But you would you'd be aware of the neighbours, and you wouldn't disturb the neighbours, you know. And imagine living just, with that noise. Imagine like three, as, as David was I saying, do. three o'clock in the morning. Of course, you, you don't imagine it. You do live with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That party a couple of weeks ago started at nine o'clock at night, and it kept going until three in the morning. And I said, "To hell with this! I've had enough. I'm going to ring the guards." And I'd be the last person to ring the guards because I know they have enough to do. And I'm sure the guards are sick of it as well. But I think they should be fined and I think they should be just thrown out of the college. Barred from the college for two years or something like that. Make some penalty because the college are making millions every year. So why then doesn't the college have any parting that's going on for freshers if they endorse Freshers Week and that there's going to be parting and boozing and probably drug taking or what have you. Do it on, do it on campus. And you know what the latest thing is now, Neil? At the parties, they're buying methadone from addicts and they're chopping up their drink with a cap full of methadone, like a shot of whiskey or a shot of vodka or a shot of brandy. And it is just getting absolutely out of control and absolutely outrageous. 
So when you see some of the antics in the video of people that look half demented, that's possibly one of the reasons why. It's a lot more than, say, just drunk. They look completely demented, the carry-on. Yeah, that's the latest thing now. That's the latest new trend. They'll buy methadone. It's a, but isn't, isn't college a time for experimentation? You know? You're never going to stop that. experiment all you want, but don't, like Oscar Wilde said, do do what you want, but don't do it on the street and frighten the horses. Yeah, I know, I know. And don't disturb the neighbours. I mean, every year, it's ridiculous. I mean, how many years are we talking about this, Neil? You know, and every year it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And the residents can only do so much. There's so, there's a lot of elderly people living here still, yes, as well, you know, and it's not fair to them either. And tell me, how long uh, is this anticipated to go on? Because I got a text in saying that it's two weeks of this, is it? Yeah, because you see, yeah. last year have to celebrate their Freshers' Week that they were deprived of. And then after that, a couple of months later, we'll have Rag Week, another jubilee. And I mean, it's just, it's getting beyond a joke. And I think the college really do need to take responsibility. Why, well. why do you say the college? Um, a lot of this is happening inside in, uh, houses that are being rented by landlords. I don't know whether you have a, an opinion on that or maybe David. David, what, what, do, you, what do you think of the landlords? Uh, oh, yeah, the, the land, landlords are completely responsible for this as well. Um, and I think that just on just on the um, on the UCC thing, we got a booklet um, that was attributed um, last uh, last Saturday. And basically it goes into great deal, very nice booklet, you know, kind of respect and responsibility is the kind of the, um, the, the banner around it. And it, it says about kind of student charter, which is uh, dignity, honesty, and integrity. Yeah, sure, I know they've been that stuff. I know that. I've heard and, all and, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the la-la-la stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the thing yeah. is, is, is that, I mean, there's a gaslighting as well, you know, and, and, and the first usual kind of response, you know, from the university is that, well, they might be UCC students. So, I mean, that's meant to reduce um, the responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. And then they said, well, this is sophomore week because we don't have freshers week because these are second years coming back. So, you know, you're kind of rebranding something. You know, it used to be Windscale, now it's Delafield. You know, and, and, and uh, you, you have that, that type of, of, of thing. And again, it's like, uh, no, we don't actually believe you because you know you haven't got the facts. But I mean, you see the videos, you see what that's like. So I think you've, you've got a large amount, of, a significant amount of gaslighting. I, I just couldn't imagine living with it. I just couldn't but hear Neil, him. You're out. Neil, if I could get back in there, the only thing that I can understand, I do think landlords have a certain amount of responsibility. They do have a certain amount of responsibility, but a landlord isn't a babysitter. And people will blame landlords, people will blame off licenses, people will blame blame pubs. If you're over eighteen, you're old enough to vote, you're old enough to live away from home, you're responsible for your own behaviour. And if you break the law, you should be arrested or charged. And if you're charged or arrested out of university, out of it, that's it. Gone. That seems to be the general consensus of texts that are coming in. People are texting 0868104106. And uh, again, the texter who doesn't want her details given out said there wasn't a single fine, not a single arrest for drinking on the street, urinating in public, smashing glasses on the roads, uh, which somebody's going to have to clean up this morning. And it won't be those that were partying last night. Uh, all right. I had the party a fortnight ago next door to me. 
and I don't sleep well. And I was up at four o'clock in the morning and I, I just happened to look out the window and there was a party going on next door and I said, look, I'll leave it off. It's not too bad. It's not too rowdy. The next thing, this girl, she was wearing a, a bodysuit, peels it down and goes for a pee in my driveway. And she was just after coming out of the house next door. It would have taken her two minutes to go back in and use the bathroom at the house she came out of. But just no shame, no nothing. And that is the latest thing now. That's why they're all going crazy. They are buying methadone from addicts and they're topping it up. You think that she may not know that she might be so demented she hasn't a clue what she's doing or where she is, is it? Yeah. yeah. And, and do you ever say anything to them? It's a dangerous situation for a young girl. It is a dangerous situation, yeah. If I had a daughter, I'd be so worried. And have you ever, I know I've probably asked you this in the past, but have you ever taken them on? Oh, yes, I have. But you get no satisfaction, you know? And I mean, it's hard enough. I mean, we hear about, you see, like there's the PRTB and everything like that. And landlords, most landlords are registered with the PRTB. It's nearly impossible to evict a person. And... No, 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 no. They're not registered with the PRTB. There was a survey out three months ago where 90% of them were found to be not registered with the PRTB. We did that, yeah. Yeah, well, you felt done, David, for doing it. So it's the opposite, actually. Only about 10% of the landlords, certainly around the area we're describing, actually have any record with anyone at all, including the PRTB. The rest don't. But who should be responsible? Is there not such a thing as personal responsibility? 140, 140 college rental houses not registered. Not. Which means that something's wrong in the state of Denmark there with regards to tax returns or PRTB. Because you have to pay PRTB every year as well as everything else. College Road, Connacht Avenue, Magazine but Road. Neil, None of the landlords registered with the PRTB. But Neil, who should be blamed? So are we going to keep blaming the landlord? No, no, it's just you are brought it up. I'm just saying, I just want to be accurate. No, no, I mean, the general, let's, let's get some more thoughts and texts on this. As Texter here says, why don't the guards take their names, give the names to the colleges, three strikes and you're out? Exactly. Oh. Okay. Yes, okay. I'd agree. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you both. Thank you, David. Thank you, thank Anthony. You, Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. It's a bit like Groundhog Day. We say this every year. You know, take their names, give them to the college, give them a warning, second time out, arrest them, stuff like that. None of it happens, and it just gets worse and worse because the choice actually of partying accoutrements and the drugs and the drinks available um, that just gets wider every single year. There's more on offer. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. Eighteen. 18- 104106 Red FM. And you can text 0868104106 and I'll come back to those. I was talking about Leo Varadkar um, a little earlier on saying that there'll be no tax increases or words to that effect and they won't be pulling any punches. Uh, and of course, the doll is back uh, this week. Um, but meanwhile, of course, house insurance is going up, car insurance is going up, uh, energy bills are all going up, building costs are going up, and more and more people, of course, will be. Uh, Put, and a lot of people actually took wage reductions that never came back. Uh, and they are kind of, uh, some maybe I don't know whether they're the silent majority or the silent minority, but for those who took wage cuts that never came back, of course, they also have that added challenge. And it's why Jerry says, um, Spain is the new place for the Irish to be. Spain is the new place for the Irish to emigrate to. Because here in Spain, or sorry, here in Ireland, you are just ripped off year in, year out. By the high insurance rates, petrol, 
diesel petrol. I mean, what happened there that all of a sudden it went from a euro twelve to a euro fifty nine? I mean, like that's insane. Anyway, he says um, insurance rates, petrol, diesel, property taxes, TV license. Waste disposal, electricity, car tax, hotel costs, restaurants, uh, on top of your, add that to your list and anything else you'd like. It's no wonder people are just immigrating. I was listening to Thomas Gould TD talking to you recently and he was right when he said that you can't get a council house here if you earn over 32 grand, but you can't get a mortgage either. The council differential rent scheme was designed to have high earners have council houses so that money was coming into the scheme to alleviate the cost of those who were paying it back. Anyway, that's a bit too technical. Uh, You need to, he's saying the only criteria for a council home should be a housing need. Um, The two schemes, of course, are buttered up against each other now with the amount you can earn uh, and where you're cut off from the ability to get a council house. But you can't like a 32 grand, but a 32,001 you certainly wouldn't be able to get a mortgage. Uh, so that's interesting. And then uh, there's one because, actually, I'll come back to this in a few minutes' time. It has to do with insurance costs and the cost of insurance and things like that. But text 0868104106. My thanks to uh, Mick Mulcahy on air last week. He did great work. And amongst his conversations last week was a conversation he had with a good friend of the program, Paddy Bullman. I think Paddy was on the air on Friday and Mick spoke to Paddy. It's very emotional because he couldn't get access to see his elderly ma'am in the CUH for 11 long days and nights. Now, we contacted the HSE on his behalf uh, and there's an update there, but I believe that there might be just a, a little bit of uh, the conversation uh, that Mick had with, um, uh, with, with Paddy. Actually, I'll just go straight to the call if it's all the same to you. Paddy, good morning. Uh, good morning. There, w- there was an update, but just just to recap yeah. for somebody who may not have been listening last week, your mum's in hospital in the CUH. Is that right? Yeah, uh, mother went in to uh, by ambulance to CUH any two weeks ago on the thirtieth Monday, the thirtieth of August, and uh, immediately we tried to keep in touch and to get in touch and to find out you know as much as we could. Do you mind me asking did, did you discuss why she had to go in by ambulance? Do you mind me asking? Um, we did. We tried to find as much information as we could. Uh, right, mother is 87 years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She has been in and out of hospital recently quite a lot. It is happening quite a lot. You know, we are in the process as well of trying to find uh, you know, permanent and professional care for yeah, her. Yeah. That's another part of the story, okay? But yeah. anyway, she needed to go in again last Monday week. There's six of us in the family, and we were, you know, taking his in tongues constantly, trying to find, you know, check up on our condition, see how she was doing. Naturally enough, asking if there was any possibility we could visit. We were told there's absolutely no hope that we could visit at all because of COVID-19. Anyway, hang on, but hang on a second. There, there are guidelines to allow visiting in hospital. Uh, but, yes, but they weren't. Uh, well, in this case, they weren't prospecting because there was a minus access to the mother. So you, so she was okay. in like, so she went in eleven days ago. Um, is it the case that you went she out went to go in to visit her? She went in two weeks ago. She spent the first day, a little over a day, actually, twenty-five, twenty-six hours on a hospital trolley. Now we know mother. I know mother. You know, our family, we know her. She's, uh, we're around her a lot. She always has her children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren around her all the time. And we know she's in distress when she's left like that on her own. You know? In a strange environment. 
Yeah, she so she was like so on that trolley for the twenty four hours. She was all alone. All alone. Yeah. Yeah, and for the following two weeks, she was all alone. And when you went out there, yeah, hoping to get a compassionate visit, what were you told? I was. I went there on the you know the day after she went in, and I was told there was no way. No, I, there was no way I was would be allowed in. I was confronted by security. And uh, you were you're fully vaccinated. You have a QR code and a mask and everything. No, I don't. You don't what? I don't. I don't. I don't have a vaccination. I'm not vaccinated. You're not vaccinated. Okay. No. Do you? Do you? Okay. But do you have a mask with you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. So, did they ask you whether or not you were double jabbed or anything? No. No. Okay. Okay. It wouldn't have mattered anyway because even if you had been, you're saying you wouldn't have got in. Yeah, I wouldn't have got in anyway. So uh, we spent the next uh, near enough to two weeks uh, actually just constantly fishing for information on, on the condition of our mother, not getting very much. Most of the time, the phones weren't even answered. They were just left. I, I make out they were off the hook a lot of the time. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard you know, that over the recent months. Hot look yeah. if you get through. There were six of us in our family. We take it in tons regularly at morning. And your mom's 87, I think, I think you said, is it? She's 87. Right, and is she, were you able to contact her by phone? Is she compass mentis to use a mobile, or what's the story there? Uh, no, she is not good with phones. Right, so she's all alone. I need to get a phone to her. She is on her own. Yeah. Uh, we did get, like, the second week, okay, we got through to her because there was some friend they sold there. I won't say any names, but a, a, a lady that works there. She did eventually answer mother's phone. She had the phoning all the time. Going uh, all the time. She no. answered it. Yeah. And all we could do then was ask her, what does mother look like? How is she? Because mother has an old phone, you know? Yeah, I know. You don't have video or anything. I know, I know. So, yeah, that. And did she she chat to your mother then and tell you how your mother was? Wasn't that was lovely? uh, Yeah, we tried, but she wasn't very coherent. Okay, okay. So, I know. She was on the phone, so that's why I started getting worried, but... I contacted the, the, the station to say on Friday because I was, uh, I was very irate and irritated about this. And I've, you know, asked several times, I need to go and I need to see my mother. You know? Mm-hmm. And he was being denied all the time. You know? But anyway, um, I, I do believe he did take contact on my behalf to CUH, that Red FM did. Yeah. But either way, on Saturday morning, my brother and myself went up there and visited mother. How'd you get in? How'd you get in? We just walked straight in and went to the ward that they were keeping her. Now, there was no security to stop you? It wasn't a prearranged appointment? You just walked straight in? We walked. There's two entries nowadays to the uh, emergency uh, entrance. The the mistake I made the last day was I went to the emergency because mother was in the emergency. Okay, okay. So did you get to the ward? I went went into the one beside it, the entrance beside it. We went past uh, security. We could see them, but they didn't accost us, and we carried on into the hospital wards. We were approached by one more, I don't know who the person was, member of staff or security or whatever, asked if, uh, uh, if he could help us. I told him he could help us by pointing out the number of the ward or where the ward is, which he did, actually. Now, when we got to the ward, the ward itself is locked down. You cannot get in. We tried pushing every button and pulling and pulling doors there to try and get in, but we couldn't. But as luck would have it, one of the, one of the staff in the ward had phoned me. <laughs> and as the phone went, I could see the person through the door. What did they phone you for? What did they phone you for? What did they phone you for? 
to give me an update on mother. We had sent we had sent your number to the HSC and they had called you with I'm another. Right yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So the, and you so what did you say? I'm actually here, is it? What I told them, I said, turn around, look out through the door there. You see me outside? Come down here, open the door, because I want to go in and see mother. That's what he did. He was kind enough to open the door and let us in. And how was she? Uh, not good. And she's still not good. You know. Was she delighted no. to see the two of you? Yes, she was, and she brightened up even in the time we were there. Did she ask you where you'd yeah. been for all those two weeks? Yes, she was wondering where she was, you know, why we hadn't been up. You know, had we forgotten her the usual? I know. You see? Anyway, you know, it's a good end to this because it's, uh, they have moved her again since to another world uh, where we're going to have easier access because I am going to continue going up there. Yeah. 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 And when you and I am uh, going to continue visiting her. How long did you stay? How long did you stay? I stayed about half an hour. There was, as I said, brother as well was with me. You know, he didn't stay quite as long. I didn't want to stay too long. You know what I mean? I and was know, it? I, was there, were there, were there others in the ward? I'm wondering. Uh, no, I, not that I saw. Um, not only that, I actually uh, while I was in there. Uh, I took a video of where, of you know, where we went and walked. I know I'm not supposed to do that. Um, but um, one thing I noticed about the hospital, this is on a Saturday, you know, is that uh, there is nobody. There are very few people moving around in the world. There's uh, a lot. I looked in, I passed several of these different departments, like the X-ray department, you know, the path where they do the ECGs and all this type of thing. They've all... And these are all closed. Closed? They're all closed. The whole place is shut down. There's very few people in there. A lot of that stuff doesn't happen at the weekends, you see. It's probably a bad day to choose. Yes, I mean, I mean yes, maybe yes, they yes, should be running yes, 24-7. I don't know. I mean, Exactly. I'm thinking that's in. You see, they're telling us that. But hang, uh, hang on a sec. Cause wrong. I know. I know. I, I know, but I, I I know that I know that there are going to be some people, and my ears picked up when you said that you weren't double jabbed. In fact, you're not vaccinated at all. So some people will be critical of you wandering around the hospital, touching door handles, and going in and out of rooms um, to be followed by somebody else yeah. who's sick, touching the same handle and door as somebody who's not vaccinated. Did you even use a sanitizer gel as you walked around the inside of the hospital? I did. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And do you yeah. think that it was risky business for you not being vaccinated to be inside in the hospital? Uh, well, I think at this stage, the risk is all to me at this stage because it's the people that are vaccinated that can spread the disease just the same as anybody else. They're, but they're the ones protected against us. I'm the one that's uh, not. So, I mean, the, the risk is all to me, obviously. Well, it do, well, it, it, you know, there could be a risk that somebody who was unwell, vulnerable, immunosuppressed are weak. Yeah. Um, and, the, and vaccinated could still be. No, I know, I know that. I, no, I'm not. Listen, I, I'm 100 percent behind you. If you don't want to get vaccinated, my man, that's your business. There's nobody can. Well, I just tell you why I don't want to get vaccinated. But I'm just saying, wandering or going in and around the hospital like that. Yes, I have a condition, right? That uh, I can't afford to have uh, another blood clot. Gotcha. But more the studies that are there, it seems that 
one of the big side effects of all these vaccinations is blood clotting. Paddy. And I chose not to take that with And that me. is your right, my friend. And I yeah, and, and I, I, salu- I salute I you on that one. I have no issue with that in the wide earthly world. Why would I? Where you're a civilian, yeah. I'm a civilian. I'm just wondering about yeah. not being double jabbed or around the hospital, you know? Um, and for that, I, have to, I am discriminated against. Yeah, I can't go into a pub. I can't go inside. I can't go in. I can't eat inside in a restaurant. I have to go to the back of the bus. We're back there again with the blacks and the whites. You know, sit in the front of the bus, sit in the back of the bus, right? But that's 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 again another issue. So, okay? it, it, the, the, for people who the thing is, for people yeah. who don't get vaccinated for medical reasons, are those letters no longer acceptable? You know, we used to have a, used to have a letter from a GP, and you didn't have to wear a mask. Is, is there anyone? Is there any letter for somebody who can't take the vaccine because they die from the blood clot? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't. St- I, it I wouldn't don't have such a letter. I haven't asked for such a letter. My choice, but I don't want to take the chance. You don't want to get a blood clot and die. Yeah, I understand that. No, I don't yeah. want to get a blood clot. I don't want to take a chance. But I can't get anything. I can't get anything from a doctor saying that. The doctors say I should take it anyway. Um, you're doing fine yeah, without no. it. You're doing fine without it anyway. You're minding yourself. So the so the for people who are wondering, because I had been wondering, because I knew there were some um, visitor visits allowed, but apparently I'm told that CUH only allow people visit for end-of-life visits. Um, or parents of children in paediatric wards, one parent can go in at a time. Um, yep. Obviously, no, they're saying children should not be visiting the hospital at all, but that one parent can visit a child and that you could go in if your mother was at end-of-life. But other than that, yep. none. Yeah, well, we which is kind of weird now. that somebody who's we, we, double jabbed and wearing a mask and using a vent, a, a, a sanitizer gel, should be restricted from going in to visit an aged parent, considering that there are doctors and nurses who aren't vaccinated. Exactly, we are being allowed in at the moment. As I say, being allowed in, I don't even like using one. But uh, as I say, this has a thing that has been ongoing because we've been caring for mother ourselves. It's just that it's gone to the stage now where we can no longer provide the care. We need professional help. We started that process a while back. And it involves so much bureaucracy and paperwork. And it is ridiculous the amount of paperwork and bureaucracy that we have to go through. Why? What do you want to, to, what do you want to happen next for your mother? We've tried. We've tried everything. We, we, we can't. We have cared for ourselves. As I say, we're a big, you know, a big family. But it's got to the stage where uh, she needs she needs twenty four seven, and so we're taking that enough. She's going to have to have the care of a doctor. She's going to have to go to some place. We can't provide that care at home anymore. She's been living in her home. So what are you, you're describing you're, you're, you're describing a nursing home and such a care yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. And do so you uh, everything? These, this, you know, this this fair deal. Issue, you know, for the is if you want or home. Yeah. So, uh, the paperwork involved in that is, in one word, ridiculous. It takes so long to do it. Yeah, it takes a long time. I was told. Yeah, but it's, uh, it, one, but, at one part, okay. at least six months. Anyway, you know what I mean. Um, my mother is eighty-seven years old and doesn't have the time. Yeah. In other words, what I'm saying is that this so-called care of the elderly in the last days, yeah, 
is non-existent in this country. But if you were to start the process now, it would be six months before you'd even be offered a place. Exactly. Okay. Those okay. places don't exist, and I'll tell you why. That's because there is no, there is no care. There is nobody cares about the elderly in this country. They're all, our care homes nowadays, are all private for-profit companies. Mm. That's what they are. Yeah. So if you wanted so to get, if you wanted to get a, a care home bed, you'd have to buy, you'd have to pay for it privately on a weekly or monthly basis. We'd well, have to pay for it through the nose. Yeah. That's okay. the only way to say it. You're talking big money because okay. these companies need profit. Okay. Okay. That's their that's their bottom line. Well, it's, listen. It's not care is their primary concern. It is profit is their primary concern. Profit before care. Yeah. And you can say that about just about everything in this country at this stage because. Well, coming back to this in the government, who, who's fault all of this is in the state that our country is in, the state of the HSE and the healthcare, the state of schools, the state of everything, the state of the finances, all boils back to the one culprit. That is all government. Okay. They're sold off the country into privacy. Let others pick up on those points that you made there at the end. Text 0868104106. But I'm glad that you got into your ma'am and I wish you and her well. Do stay in touch, Patty, for now, all right? Thanks very much. Neil. Cheers, my man. Back after 10, pick up the phone, one 850 I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. And you can text 0868-104-106. I see them coming in and I'll start uh, going through them in about 15 minutes time. But it's great to hear now that they have all of their ducks in a row. We've now heard that the Green Party will be backing, backing Simon Coveney. Uh, Sinn Féin have a motion of no confidence regarding Simon Coveney and the appointment of uh, well, it never actually happened because there was too much pushback with regards to Catherine Zappone getting the UN job. So the Greens now are, uh, you know, I mean, this will happen with government coalition parties. We shouldn't be surprised at it. I mean, we heard at the weekend that Micheál Martin has also said that Fianna Fáil will also be backing uh, Simon Coveney. I guess government partners do that. It's somewhat disturbing that they do. Um, I mean, Micheál Martin came out and he told all of their backbenchers and all of their TDs to toe the line on the vote or else. So you have to wonder, what do they do with regards to their own thoughts are their own beliefs as TDs in the doll? Do they have to just toe the party line on everything like this? Of course, the motion of no confidence will not uh, be carried because uh, the numbers won't add up. I mean, it might, but, but I doubt it if we're hearing now of Fianna Fáil and the Greens rowing in behind. Um, but that's the story. That's what's happening. Um, of course, Fianna Gael have their uh, kind of thinking this week. And I believe last week, because uh, I was reading about it uh, in the papers and what have you, that Fianna Fáil had theirs in Cavan. And I mentioned earlier on that Neil Walsh then in the Mail on Sunday yesterday was having a look at the clothing that they were wearing, um, particularly women. Um, and so this is a woman writing about other women and how they looked. Some of them were TDs, some of them were senators. In fact, yesterday in the article, she names the different TDs and the different senators. I'm not going to do that because uh, they're upset enough as it is to be, you know, uh, I suppose, criticized for what they're wearing. But some of the things she said include, we might like to kid ourselves that we live in a judgment-free world. It's interesting because she's rowing in on it herself that we live in a judgment-free world. But let's face it, face it, most of us reside in the actual real world where, like it or not, we are constantly judged and judging others on appearance. 
and our clothing speaks volumes. And I suppose first impressions, you know, they last, don't they? So maybe you will have an impression that is based on how somebody looks. Maybe we have no control over that. Uh, but she goes on to say, take a particular Cavan TD at the Fianna Fáil thinking, who I can only think misread the invite etiquette and mistook thinking for pinking. And ringlets should only ever be worn if you're aged under nine or Jean Butler. And she turns her attention to others. She says, these politicians earn enough. So is it too much to ask for another TD to avoid looking like she's been tangoed? She names the TDs, incidentally, as I already said. And then a senator that she names. Yeah, um, if you must go all patriotic with your tuxedo green dress, at the bare minimum, run the iron over it. Goes on further to talk about another female senator in a jersey dress who looked like she was headed for a country hoolie in the Lavy Inn and not a serious political powwow. And another one then, who she describes as wearing her usual blah, blah, black and boring. But I need to know where she got her square-toed brogues so I can avoid all stockists. Then she turns her attention to the men at the Fianna Fáil um, thinking. I'm not going to name them either. Uh, but she describes one TD who schlepped in in a blazer open blazer, belly bulging, button-up bar. Um, and then, has no one told another particular TD that the lockdown is over, that barbers are open, so trim the moustache. And a third, that suits come in other shades rather than constantly wearing his trusty blue hue. <laughs> I mean, in, in a world where we're not supposed to be judgmental, uh, that really flies in the face of it. Uh, and it comes, of course, on the back of the photograph that I mentioned earlier on. We all know of Leo Varadkar picking his nose. And then, of course, that went global and viral, as the fellow says, and he got well mocked for it. That was probably wrong, too. Um, I think he doesn't really have the same rights to privacy as the rest of society, being the tarnished uh, uh, and a TD and a public rep. But anyway, so I wonder what other women feel when you have women criticizing women um, and judging women on the basis of what they wear. Not their ability, but what they're wearing. Lines open at one 106 we got calls on the way. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. All right. Uh, text 0868104106. Mixing it up as best we can. Oh, uh, Sheila, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are uh, you? The poor old dogs, even when it's not their fault, it's still their fault. What happened? Uh, I t- did you enjoy your holiday? <sighs> Lovely, jubbly. Nice break. Yeah. Thank you so much. I did too, no. I, I enjoyed my note too. And then I came home to, we have a camper van, and I came home. And I said I'd take all the heavy stuff out of the van. Because you had a camper my... full of washing, of course, from your, your oh, travels yeah. around the country. Yeah. Well, it was only bed clothes and things that I wanted to, you know, I could put the other stuff into the machine. It was like duvets and clothes and all this. So I said I'd get rid of all them now and throw them all out into the, the machine. They're, these are the there. big jumbo washer dryers that you see at yeah. petrol stations. Yeah, they're yeah. in most of the garages now, actually. Yeah. So I went out to the one in Bell and Colleague. And now the garage there have nothing whatsoever got to do with the, the washing machines. They're just on their ground. So I I checked all the writing that, that signs that was up and it said no dog uh, beds, no dog everything, nothing for dogs, went to the washing machine. And they said they had CCTV, 
uh, CCTV cameras. Um, I loaded up the machine anyway and started it off. And I went over to Dunn's and I just walked around while the time was going on in the machine. For those that don't I know it, they're big machines. They can take an awful lot more than your one at home oh can yeah. do. Oh, you, geez, I think you yeah. put, can, is, it, is it coins you put in or can you tap the machine or what? No, uh, you put in eight coins, yeah. two euros each, and the washing powder and things comes into it. But I still show in my own washing powder anyway and <laughs> softener. So make a long story short, anyway, I came back. She another five minutes, so I waited, and I was sitting in the car, and I saw this woman coming along, and she had three bat mats, just three bat mats. Now that you know, you could throw into your own washing machine, and I was saying, Jesus, fine, she put them in her own machine now at home, you know, because people would be waiting for machines. So eventually, anyway, my machine stopped, and I went to take out the clothes, and on the rim of the machine, I could see. Dog's hairs. Oh, God. Yeah, gross. Oh, yeah. God, just right. Yeah. I tore the washing out of it, and I just bundled them up. I was going to use the dryer, but when I saw the hairs, I bundled them up and threw them into the back of my car. So I thought I'd never get out of there, because I have asthma, and I didn't want hairs flying up into me throat. Oh, God, it's disgusting. Oh, my God. Oh, I my God. tell you now, it's the most horrible thing I ever saw. So I came home anyway. The washing was soaking, and I shook them all out in the the kitchen and I have black tiles down on my floor and I could have nearly made a dog, a dog out of what came out of it a toy <sighs> dog if I put all the hairs together so I swept all that up got rid of it then I had to wash them all again in my own machine then when that was dry I actually hoovered out the washing machine to get out the dog's hairs left it was disgusting and do, do you not- I mean like were they all different colours? Like, are lots of people using these machines to wash things that they would never want to wash at home? So they think we'll wash them there and to hell with everybody else. Like, did did you get multiple dog hairs from lots of dogs? Oh, I did. Oh, Jesus, I did. I went to go out in the car then later on in the day, and the the white the black mat in the car in the driver's seat it was covered in white hairs. Where I was after walking. They're following the you in everywhere you go, and y- yeah, you're walking. Yeah. Uh, and Mrs. Woman with the bath towels, do you think they were dog? No, they were bat mats, you know, the bat, <clears throat> the bat mats that you put on the floor in the bathroom. What the hell was she doing putting them in a, an industrial I, washer drawer? I don't know, they, they could have been dogs' mats or something, but they looked like bat mats. Oh, it, it doesn't sound like the most hygienic thing to be using. No. Public, no. public industrial I, size washer dryers? Yeah. Well, as I say now, the garage outside, they're lovely out there. They've nothing got to do with this. But I know someone who goes to the one down by them. Uh, Woody's there. Do you know Woody's? Yeah. Um, home yeah. Sort of yeah. There's a garage yeah. out in front of them. He have a place in the back of it. Yeah. So, so that's not, the safest for I know yeah, but it's not the operator's fault, really. Like they can't go through people's washing just to check they're not putting oh, no, dirty, not stinky, saying, no. hairy stuff saying, onto their dogs. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they have cameras out there. You know, it's like in underneath a barrier thing, and they have cameras. No, I saw the woman when I was only sitting in my car, like I was waiting for my washing, and I saw her throwing things into the machine. That, <sighs> I wouldn't have put in there myself. Yeah, it's a but bit it like it's a bit like some of the things stuff. that put people put into um, into recycling, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, I don't. So know. that I was mean, my story. Now, and I brought had to bring them all back home, over all the car again, and 
had to wash them all again. Oh, because people threw stuff from dog hair. And are, are, is the hair following you everywhere? Like, is it in your, still in your clothes? You'd be you know putting... what? No, I feel it's, it's still in the air, so in the kitchen. Do you know when you're, I'm going around the kitchen and I'm cleaning off everything? Maybe, maybe people just don't realise that, um, you know, the dog hair stays in the drums. I know, no, 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 Neil. These people put these in there. Do you know what I mean? They have to see the hairs, even... Maybe they the feel that, that the hair will be trapped in some filter or something that won't affect anybody. Uh, well, I can tell them no, it won't be trapped in any filter. It comes out onto other people's clothes. All right, okay, all right. Just, just to warn people anyway, like, be careful, because if I had looked first, I probably would have seen all the hair. Well, I've, I've, never, I've never used one, and uh, on the basis of what you're telling me, I don't think I'll be inclined to any time soon, you know. Maybe yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe, other people would have an opinion. Or, I mean, yeah, well, I, I tried to ring him then, just to tell him, and there's no answer there. The, yeah. the company that owns the washing machines. Somebody says people with horses put their saddle blankets into those as well. Uh, oh, Jesus, don't make me sick. <laughs> shouldn't have told you that. Shouldn't have told you that. All right, take care, Sheila. Look after yourself. All right, so thanks Cheers, thanks for that. Uh, actually, just on a topic regarding dogs, I just wanted to drop you a line about selfish dog owners who are letting their dogs run wild in local parks all summer long. Sick to death of... Remember the summer? I'm sick to death of dogs bounding up to myself and my toddlers when we're out walking. It scares the life out of me. Who do these owners think they are? Dogs off leads. Not everybody loves dogs, you know. Not everyone likes having their faces licked by dogs. And not all of us like to have dog slobber all over our clothing. So with Sheila, it's dog hair. With Sandra, it's dog slobber. I also have friends who feel like it's okay to bring their dogs to my house. It's not okay. If I wanted a dog, I'd buy one. I don't like pets. I keep a clean house and I actually think it's kind of gross to have dog and cat hair all over your home all over your car, all over your furniture. Dog owners also forget that dogs can have mental health issues, just like humans. I'm petrified over the amount of children who have died or have been savaged by dogs, and I don't want this for my kids. Dogs are unpredictable, so I'd prefer not to have them around my kids. Just said I'd send you a message because the problems of dogs off leads is getting worse and worse. Council tried to start fining people. It hasn't worked. Thanks for listening, Sandra. I understand you when you're in the park and everything, but one would think, if you had friends coming over to your house and they had a dog, you would think that they would ask you first, um, you know, like if, if over the summer you were having a, a party or you were having people over or a barbecue or something, I don't think they'd have to ask, could they bring children, you know? <laughs> Maybe some feel that they should ask, can I bring my children? But you would think that they certainly would ask, can I bring my dog? And that would give you an opportunity if you're brave enough, which I'm probably not, give you an opportunity to say, actually, no, I'd prefer if you didn't bring your dog, you know, just human companionship at the moment, thank you, or whatever the case may be. Anyway, your thoughts on that text 0868104106. Regarding what's right and what's wrong, this is not the first time, because I remember talking about this back in, I think it was in, it might have been May, the back end of May, when I got in a text saying, um, my daughter came home traumatized about the crucifixion of Jesus. Do you recall I spoke about that some months back? Uh, I believe it's not appropriate, in my opinion, to be teaching five-year-old children about nailing a man to the cross and his mother having to sit watching him die. I have to tell you, I was not equipped to answer my daughter's questions on this. Driving nails into a man and putting thorns into his head and small children is not appropriate. And it's a page in a book 
um, that the children are being asked to colour in and they're being told that Jesus dies on the cross, which he did. I mean, you, you, there, are those, there are those that argue that as well, I understand, but there was a man, he was Jesus, he did live and he did die and he was nailed to a cross. And then you, the child is asked to draw in different colours, colour the cross, colour dead Jesus, and also to draw Mary crying near the cross. Um, so that was maybe about two, maybe perhaps three months ago. But Joy is just back from America. She's moved with her kids and they've started school here uh, on Leeside. And she's she's back home in the in the city and county that she loves. Joy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So um, you, just listening to you there now talking about that is making me feel traumatized. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know why I'm calling in. I know. And okay, so we're not we're, we're not really going into the historical accuracy of, of the story no. at, at this point in time. But how old are the children that are being asked to draw in the colours and draw in Mary? On average, they're, how old? They're five, Neil. So this book that I'm looking at now is a, is a Grow and Love Junior Infants book, religion book. Basically, um, I had said to the school that I didn't want the kids doing religion. I had no other option because... It's the only primary school that's suitable for them. We do have an Educate Together primary school, but um, that's all through Irish. And my kids were coming from abroad, so um, I didn't want to throw them into a primary school that was all through Irish, putting them under extra pressure when, you know, like they're already going to feel a bit left out. They're the new kids in the class and all this kind of stuff. Now, my daughter is just starting, so they're all new. She was, um, the, the the lady at school um, said that she'd sent home the religion book because she said, you know, when I was opting out in the office, the secretary was kind of like, you know, it's all really about just like love your friend and don't be bullying people. And I was I was thinking to myself, sure, that seems fine. Yeah. I send the book home. Yeah. And the first page I open on the book, like halfway through the book, is Jesus on the cross, you know, colour it in draw in the grieving mother who's just lost her son like and my child is asking me to explain these things and I am totally caught off guard did not expect this because this is a five-year-old you know workbook um, and I just felt like it wasn't appropriate at all and so I emailed the school and said my child is definitely opting out of this now I asked what's going to be you know what what will happen in between, oh, well, she'll just still be in the class. So my concern is that, and I've spoken to a lot of other friends of mine about this, Neil, my biggest concern is that there's loads of people like me who are not religious. Listen, I went to the same primary school and it can make me believe in God or anything like that. I have my own sort of sense of spirituality, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I teach to my kids. And I have the utmost respect for anyone's choices, right? What I'm saying is parents like me are left with no choice. We send the kids either to an all Irish speaking denominational school, if you're living where I'm living, at our non-denominational school, or an all Irish speaking denominational school, or you have the choice of an English speaking school, but there's religion. Your child is sitting in the class whether you like it or not. Most parents don't want their kids to feel left out. What are they supposed to do? Is there a competition then as to who drew the best Jesus or who drew the best? <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, is, like, what happens with the... With I know. I don't know. I think they just draw these pictures and then it's just like, they're just in class. They're just busy working. No, there is, a, know, second, there is a second page. I have a, a half oh, a screen is. grab of it where it, yeah, where it yeah. says, the family should chat together about how Mary felt, is it? That's right. So that, So... So about, um, you know, when, when how Mary felt when Jesus died and how his friends felt and what 
you know, when do you feel sad? What helps you feel better? So the second two sentences, the when do you feel sad and what helps you feel better is a great thing to be talking to five-year-olds about. I don't know why it has to be done in the context of religion. All kids need to learn about ethics and morality. It's very important. I agree. I understand that in Ireland, the primary schools are all tied in with the church. Yeah. That's just a fact. And it sucks, Neil. It sucks for people like me who don't have an option. It would be so great if the denominational part of it, the religious education, could be taught but you, but you do actually have a part of it. You took the book home, you looked at it and you said, no, this isn't for us. There would be I others. The kids, they have to sit through it. And you see, Neil, the parents that I'm talking to, they don't even know to look at the book. Most parents, I'd say now in, in my daughter's class in junior infants, I'd say that, I mean, I, I would say that most of them, 90% of them have not looked at the books that their children are reading because you trust the schools. Of course you do. But, you know, you just assume that the school... But can, you not, draw, can you not draw a more yeah. positive message out of it? The book is called Grow in Love, isn't it? That's yeah, what it's called. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that this absolutely. is an example of a man who 2,000 years ago walked amongst us and mm-hmm. preached love and peace and yeah. togetherness and helping your neighbour and being a good Samaritan. And there were bold people who didn't like what he was saying, so they killed mm-hmm. him. Neil, I'm all about it. Teach them that. But then teach them about Buddhism. Then teach them about the Muslim religion. Then teach them about all the other religions as well. I'm not about, like, just one thing. And it's not just that. It's not there was a man. You're talking about graphic images of somebody on a cross. And it's very hard for parents to explain that, especially when they don't believe that these things should be taught to small children. I think morality and ethics side of it, absolutely teach them. I have the utmost respect for you know, for for the school and the teachers down there and what they're doing. I'm just saying it would be wonderful, wonderful if we could, all the parents could get together at the beginning of the year, everyone who's enrolled their child and there's some sort of anonymous, like we, we want to opt out because you're under pressure. A lot of parents down there do not believe what the kids are being taught in the books, but they just let their kids do the religion because they don't want their kids to feel left out. I've opted out. I don't know how many other kids in the class have opted out. I know last year, they were telling us that like half the class didn't do their communion, right? There was like 10 of them or something. She said, these days it's not so, you know, like it's it's more common that kids will be opting out of religion. But I think a lot of parents are just letting them do the religious studies in class without knowing what's in the books. And, and many parents, I think, would but not would, be comfortable. But would it not make more sense to allow the kids just to to carry on with whatever activity is going on in school, just to be part of the class and be all together in one group. And then when they get a little bit older or they grow up, they can then decide, okay, well, I did all of that and I was there in the class and I was with all of my mates and we were all together, but I've decided, no, that's not for me. Yeah, I would say flip that now and reverse it, Neil. I'd say no religion and if you want to do the religion, do the religion. That's what I would say. I would say all the kids are included because they are welcoming down in the schools here. They welcome kids from all creeds, all denominations. As soon as the school decides that they're teaching religion, they are the ones putting us under pressure as parents to now choose between your own um, being a hypocrite, basically, or or letting your child um, or, or making your child feel left out. Those are my options. I have to like let my child do religion in school something. My daughter is coming home singing God Knows My Name around the house. <laughs> there is a song, is there? God prayers. Knows My Name. Yes, God Knows My Name. And, and my son is like, who knows your name? You're not supposed to talk. You know, like, 
it's just. But you're the one that has the problem with that. Your daughter doesn't. She's just singing a song. She's just singing. I know. And I actually don't have a problem with it at all, Neil. I laugh at that kind of stuff. And she'll be saying her prayers. And I say, that's great. You say your prayers. And, and, and I believe in, you know, like those kind of, those sort of things don't bother me. It's the stuff that's in the books, the Jesus on the cross. Um, I, I also think it's very like heteronormative text. Um, and I don't Forgive me now. It's, it's what? Hetero. Heteronormative, which basically just means like it's it's Jesus and Mary. There's all pictures of, you know, whenever they're mentioned. There's no talk about like, you know, what about families that look different to that? And what about families? Like, I think all of that could be covered with small children under a different sort of um, plan. Is it, is, it more than, is it more the nailing of a man to wooden planks that bothers it you bothers in the eyes me. of a, of a, of, of a five-year-old? Yeah. Why is my five-year-old looking at this? Do you know what I mean? Like, teach them, I, like, like I said, opt out of religion, but there should be another book that they're offering parents that teaches morality and ethics so that the kids who are doing religion for that half an hour, hour, week, or whatever it is, go into stay in their class or whatever and then the kids who are not doing religion can go into another class and be taught by a substitute teacher some other sort of morality ethics for the hour whatever okay. it is okay and you know in, that, in that classroom there. then there would be uh kids who come from a, a catholic background kids who come from no religious background would there be yes. kids from hindu families muslim families also Absolutely. drawing in the crucifixion I mean, I don't, well, now, I don't know if they're taking part in the, I doubt it, Neil. I mean, I doubt it. I doubt that anyone who is like um, Muslim or something sending their kid to a Catholic school would have them taking part in the Catholic doctrination. It just seems, and like the thing that annoyed me the most was that, that Emmy, uh, or sorry, my daughter, my son have to like sit through the classes um, and feel left out. That's the thing that bothers me, that I can't do anything about that. And I don't want them to feel left out. All they want to look at cool in front of their friends. Do you so know what I mean? So, so let them, let them. I mean, I know, but then I'm a hypocrite for letting them. Do you see my dilemma? I no, don't. I don't, want, I don't. I don't believe in it. I no, don't. No, no, but that, but that's you. I mean, yes, but do you think it, Neil? If you had a five-year-old, would you think that it was appropriate for her to be coloring a? It colouring in a picture of a dead man on a cross. I thought it was a bizarre. I thought it was a bizarre illustration to use. To be quite honest with you, it looked more like yeah. a cartoon when I got some of them sent to me that were finished with yeah. the colouring done. But and then, and then but, yeah, this is the thing. But, like, I, but I do know. I do know that. I do know that it is a very, very interesting subject. Religion. Yeah, it is. Um, the Bible. Uh, what life was like thousands of years ago. I found oh. it incredibly interesting, and it and it very much. I'm not saying that it influenced my life, but but it's it. I've been interested in it all all my life because I yeah. learned about it at a very young age. Much much of it, I much of it, I don't believe, but I I, I believe I believe in Jesus. Yeah, so yeah. do I, Neil. I yeah. believe that he was a man that walked the earth once, but I don't I don't know about. Um, so why would you deny your kids that? Like that's really because it's a great I'm story. Them. It is a good story. What I'm denying them is the option of only that. I don't want them to be only taught. But if you don't Jesus, allow them to I be taught about it. Jesus, for instance, they'll have mm-hmm. no interest in Muhammad or, or um, any other religion because they're just, they won't have got that grounding in one that might then at, later in their lives yeah. say, okay, well, you know, that's not for me, but that was interesting. I might look at other things instead. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that at all. I think that um, their curiosity will come into the subjects they're interested in. I think kids who are curious will follow things. You were obviously curious about things like that and you followed along those lines. 
I went to school, I was never really curious about um, the Catholic religion. I didn't really understand it. I didn't really know what we were doing. Like when you're getting your communion and confirmation, so you're just going along with everyone else in the class. It doesn't truly mean anything until you get older. And then you realize, like, from my perspective, the Catholic Church has a lot to answer for, particularly in Ireland and the hypocrisy that's going on within this textbook. Um, and the hypocrisy that I'm feeling sending my child to a Catholic school is hard to cope with. I know, no, and I imagine that as the generations go by, you're rearing small children. It's very different now to say 20 or 30 years ago. People, are, people are making more and more decisions for themselves. And, and I think that's a fantastic yeah. thing. But you know this hypocrisy you talk of? Why is it then that whenever we have trauma in our life or worry, mm-hmm. right, or mm-hmm. awful things happen to us, what do we do? Maybe we pray, people, right? Some people do. Or we yeah, make, oh, come do. on, most people do. They make deals with no. God. They pray. They promise to be better. They say they'll give money. They'll go light candles. That's the hypocrisy, isn't it? I, I mean, that's not my experience, Neil. I'm sure people do that. Um, my experience of trauma is generally talking to friends about it, talking to talking to a therapist. If I was traumatized, I'd be talking to somebody professional who knows what they're doing. I Obviously, praying is something that I, I, I do. Neil, I'm not getting down by my bed on my knees saying my prayers like that. Some people do that. I'd be more kind of a person maybe who would be inclined to try and meditate, which is the same thing in my eyes. Right? I know, but I'm, that's same fine. Thing. But I'm telling we make deep deals though we make deals with god or we make deals make with deals jesus with oh absolutely we make deals with mary do we i don't you see I, that's not been my experience but neil maybe that again is a generational thing like my you know my mother was raised um going to catholic schools obviously with the fear of god and we the fear r- of hell and eternal damnation we rush to churches the fear like neil this is the thing when you think about it right it's when you talk about trauma that image of a man on a cross could be very traumatizing to somebody. And that the church itself and religion itself and this book in its own self is actually uh, subtle shame and guilt. A lot of it. And we know that that, you know, Catholicism, there is a lot of that. There is a lot of guilting. You know, he died for our sins and all that kind of stuff. Right. So there is that trauma. And yes, I can understand why people turn to prayer. I respect everyone's choice. I respect any Catholic that's out there listening today. I respect your choice. And if it gives you comfort, wonderful. Mm. But it doesn't give me comfort. And so I am hoping that there would be another way to to show, because obviously, I, you know, I want to okay, okay. be a moral, moral, ethical person. Okay, but hold on there, because Anne is saying there is another way. And I think she believes okay. it's not sending your child to a Catholic school. Anne, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I don't understand this lady. She comes back from America and she, she puts her children into Catholic school and she's against no the Catholic Church. I know. I had no choice. You had the choice. You could have to- homeschooled them. But I don't have a choice to homeschool my children. Sure, I'm working. That's your problem. If you're interested in keeping oh. your child out of the Catholic school, you should have a choice then and mind them. No, she can't do. She can't do that. She's working. She's trying to put a roof over their yeah, head and food on the table. She had to put them into a Catholic school so she can work. Mm, because uh, child, she shouldn't be deciding the child's life. No, 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 no. Should a five-year-old be coloring in a man being crucified with nails to the cross and his mother wailing and crying 
And is it is it the kind of thing that five year olds should be colouring in though? And maybe the five year old don't understand what they're colouring in. Well, if they don't understand it, then they shouldn't be colouring it in, surely. I know, but it's part of learning. It's traumatic for a five year old, though. I don't think so, Neil. No. I don't think so. Could I ask you, would there be another way of maybe part of the learning? Like, because what we're talking about is morality and ethics, essentially, is what religion... Morality and ethics have nothing to do with a Catholic school. They learn Catholic teaching Mm. in their prayers. Oh, I understand that. What I'm saying is that there's no other option. Are you going to allow your child to make her Holy Communion? No. Well, you should have her in Catholic school then. What's my other option? Plenty of other schools you could have put her into. Like where? Well, they learn together or whatever it is. They educate together. Yeah. Not an option. It's all through Irish. It's not an option for my children. You don't want them to learn Irish. You don't want to learn to be a Catholic. Not that I don't want them to learn Irish. I do want them to learn Irish. I'm saying that. If I bring put my children into an all Irish school, I'm putting them under fierce pressure. But you can. But the children that come in from foreign countries, they have to learn it. Have to learn what? They have even English. The 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 option the option was to go to a Catholic school and opt out of religion. But that's not a choice. I don't think in a Catholic school, Neil. Be honest. It is. Well, it is a choice, but it's not a great choice, and I agree with you there. It is a choice, but you're saying that it shouldn't be a choice, Anne, is it? If it's if it's a well, Catholic I didn't school, think it was a choice. Oh no, it is. You don't have to go to religion. You can go to the Catholic school, but your children don't have to sit in religion class, or oh, they do, they do, Neil. That's the problem. They have to sit through it anyway. They just don't have the workbook, and they don't have to do the work. That's that's bizarre because because um, like forty years ago, probably even longer now, I went to a co-ed school, which would have been Catholic and Protestant, and the Catholics. Mm-hmm left the room mm. for Protestant religious education. When in, we went into a small little broom cupboard, I think there was about six mm. or eight of us, and we did our own thing. Um, mm. Don't you think that maybe they should be moved from the class? Mm. Yeah, I, I do, Neil. I think it would be, do you know what would be fantastic? Is if at the start of the year, there was a bit more communication from the school in terms of like, hey, do you want to do, do you want religious studies or not? We do, we don't. And then that the parent who's doing it also knows how many other children in the class aren't doing religious studies. So you kind of have an idea that your child isn't by themselves. Okay, let me look at some of the texts that have come in there before I let you go. But did you say it to the school about the crucifixion? I did. I I said it to the school about the crucifixion and I said that I would also donate her book back as a spare to anyone who wanted it. And that's all I said and that's all I was told by... um, I wasn't told anything else by the school, just thanks, and she'll be sitting in the class during religion and grant. Let me get through and, some... And that's not ideal. Neil, Neil, can I, can just, just finally, Anne, because I want to read out some of the text. Go yeah. ahead, yeah. Okay. Uh, what religion are you yourself? Me? Lady. Oh, I, my name's Joy. I, I'm not religious. Huh. Were you brought up Catholic? I was. I was, girl. But you're trying yeah. to do to your children now what you're doing to yourself. Which is, um, what, which is what? Which is which what? Is turning them against religion. Oh no, never turn them against religion. We teach we teach them about all different kinds of religions here in our house. Yeah, but you said you weren't any religion. 
No, we're not. We're not any one specific. Why she came in different religions we believe you, you just want all you just want all of us to be Catholics and don't you no I don't need but it's it's ridiculous the way this lady is speaking she wants she wants she wants but yet she don't want her children in a Catholic school alright let me get some texts on the air thank you for that appreciate it Anne text 0868104106 listening to Joy about her child doing religion if you don't want your child to do religion then you just let the school know uh, you do have an option both my kids go to Catholic schools but don't do religion they do something else and are happy out no big deal but you're saying they're in the they're in the same room Joy aren't you uh, if you I don't am. yeah if you don't want to teach your kids about the crucifixion then you'd also don't want to teach your children about maybe 19 16 and the rising World War II or anything where people made the ultimate sacrifice to make life better for future generations. Uh, the schools don't have... Mm, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, the schools don't have choice. They follow a curriculum which is decided on by the powers that be. Uh, I had the full Catholic upbringing. My wife has little to no religion. Um, I have huge interest in religions and the universe and all that. She has no interest in these things. Uh, mind you, she is a better Catholic than me. You don't need religion to be good, but it's a good place to start. So I think that's uh, family that's getting along with different beliefs. Anyway, I see a lot more coming in. Um, what did your friends say uh, when you shared it on Instagram? Um, my friends, so I would have friends in New Zealand and stateside, both countries um, where my kids went to school, actually, went you know, um, and so I'd be a little bit familiar, um, and they they basically were just like, it's a big no from us, <laughs> like no way. They were shocked and horrified um, that a five year old would be asked to colour this in, and I think. And in know, America, it, do they have schools? No, no, no religious. No, no, no. Anything like that is done. Like you know, they do Sunday school and things like that. Okay. You know, if kids want, if people want their children to learn religion. They should absolutely have the choice to do that. If people don't want their children to learn, they should have a choice to do that too. And I think it should be taken out of school. Okay, but here's one example of what I was trying to, the point I was trying to make earlier on. My son, this is a text, my son did religion in both primary and secondary school. He's one of the best people uh, to have a discussion with as he taught himself about other religions and is now of no religion, but he respects others and he respects their beliefs. And I'm saying maybe all of that came from being in, you know, included in the history of no, religion or Catholicism. My, my point to you would be all of that came from his wonderful parents. That's what that came from. She says it because he, it's because he did religion in primary school. I don't think that his good attitude and good thing and any of that comes from. What will from what will happen when your when your kids go for communion and confirmation? It's now called non-formation. Is it? What will they do? Um. Well, now, that is a good question. I think we'll have to get my daughter a little, uh, a special dress and we'll have to take her out for a special day so she doesn't feel like she's left out. But it won't be communion. Do you know what I mean? We'll do the same for my son when it comes his time to do his communion. We'll take them somewhere special, do something for a weekend so they feel, you know. And what if they ask you, why am I being left out? Why aren't I with my pals? They'll understand by then. I mean, I've even said it to them now, like, you don't need to study about religion because... We, we learn that stuff at home and we learn about all different kinds. And but she's coming home singing Mary Loves Me, you see. <laughs> she's coming home singing God Knows My Name. Yeah, but she's coming home and, and, then, and then you won't let her have a, commun- a communion. Um, well, it's not that I'm not letting her, Neil. I think it's more like we're choosing that as a family. It's not like she desperately wants the communion. She doesn't even know what it is. 
So it's kind of like we've made a decision as a family to say, we don't, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not going to send my child when I don't believe and I'm not going to mass every Sunday. Or, you know, I'd like people who are religious go to mass and this gives them comfort and they deserve to have an opportunity to learn about this and their kids do. Absolutely agree with that. Um, I, I think like, I'm not religious. We don't have any specific um, learning plan in place to teach our children about religion. But I do have plenty of books in the house where we teach them about mindfulness, about not bullying, about being kind to other people, which I think is the basics that religion is trying to get across okay, I get um, some, at this age. I get some more texts on, including your putting your own beliefs onto your own kids. What happens if they want to learn about it and make their communion? Are you going to mm-hmm. stop them? If she says to you, I want to make my communion, what, what would you say? Um, I would say that you can't because you're not baptized for a start. So she probably couldn't do it. Like, we're just not on that road. There's some things you have to say no to your child for. But again, like, if my daughter comes to me and says, I want to make my communion, I'll be saying, why? Why? Because all my friends are. and uh, say, all my friends are. And I'll say, well, we're going to do something that all your friends are not going to do, but it's going to be just as much fun. And there are thousands of families like you who are opting out and having their own parties. Yeah, okay. Exactly. exactly. Okay, listen, good to catch up. Thank you, Joy. I'll keep those uh, texts on air because they're coming in. Text 0868-104-106. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. There are other um, drawings then or illustrations that go alongside uh, the blank Jesus on the cross, which the child then colors in and, and draws in Mary. Um, there's a whole story, actually, where they talk about Jesus dying on the cross. Um, and there's graphics for it, you know, illustrations. Some people did not like Jesus. They brought him to a man called Pilate. Pilate said Jesus should be put to death. Uh, the soldiers gave Jesus a cross to carry. And there's an illustration for all of these. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus' friends placed his body in a tomb. Uh, and uh, they say then you... Uh, I don't have the... F- pages here so I only have sections of it where they talk about chatting together and, and praying together and discussing it as a family. Text 0868 I'll come back to those texts throughout the course of the next hour or so but your thoughts are welcome. Text 0868 106 To the phone lines we go. Maureen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, just picking up on what Joy was saying. Go ahead. Well, I feel that Joy is a bit selfish in her own way. First of all, she couldn't send her child to a in educated girls school because they were teaching Irish. I know there's a beautiful educated girls school in the middle of Cork City. Yeah, but they already have a few no. years school done, so they'd be they'd be way behind. They'd be in with kids who'd be t- you know have a, a few years on them with Irish, and they'd have no Irish at all. Yeah, but they, there's a school in the middle of Cork City, and it's not an all an all Irish school because I know a lot of children who are going to that school, and it's not an all Irish school. Well, we have loads of different schools. I mean, we have we have specific schools now for Polish children. I mean, they, we, yeah. we have all, all sorts of different schools. I understand and that. The government is spending a lot of money on educated together schools, and I don't think I don't see why that lady can't find one of them. Now, the one in the middle of Cork City seems to be quite convenient. Where no, there's no religion, I don't know where she is, and there's no religion there at all, at all. Yeah. And as well as that, but why can't we? Why can't we take all religion, all religion, out of school and just teach well, them? Neil, I don't think a Catholic school should be compelled to take all religions out of school 
to suit people who don't want to But what do you mean when you say a Catholic school? They're all funded by the state. They're all funded by the taxpayers. They're all funded by people who have lots of different religious beliefs or none at all. You must remember, Neil, that if you want your child, if you don't want your child to have religious education in school, right? As far as I can see, uh, there are a lot of schools around the city that will facilitate you and your children. Now, if, a per- p- if parents want their children to learn religion, they choose a school that will teach religion. I know that, but what I'm saying so to you is if people want their children to learn religion, why don't they do it somewhere else? Why does oh, it why have to be... They? Why should they, Neil? Why should they? We are... Because we maybe are- religion in schools doesn't make sense. It's not... Certain. It's not... Well, a, it's not a skill or a learning or something that you will ever use on a career path unless you want to go into the priesthood to become a nun. Do you, or, know, or, do you know, Neil, religion is the most important skill that you can ever have in your life? And listen now, I'm not going to argue, argue religion. All I'm saying is, if somebody doesn't want their children or child to be taught religion, there are options out there for them. And why should parents who want their children to learn religion have to change? Why is it? Now, Sometimes they want to go to the best school. Sometimes they want a school where they live. They want their children to be in schools where it's part of their own local community, where their pals are, you know? I have great-grandchildren and they have to travel by bus to school, to country schools where they're living. They can't get to a school that would be convenient to them. Now, if this lady is living somewhere in the city, there are buses going into Cork City. All right, I understand. What about a five-year-old bringing home a colouring book where they're being asked to colour in a man being nailed to a cross? Neil, please. Don't go down that road. What? Because children of five, you know as well as I do, children of five, their little minds are expunged, but they do, they, they do the drawing. Now, that's not going to traumatise. Has it traumatised you? It hasn't traumatised me. I'm 90 years old, and goodness knows it took a lot more than that to traumatise. But it could give an a five-year-old nightmares. Dad. A five-year-old might say, what if a bad man comes into our house and takes my daddy and nails him to a yes. cross? And right. What about all the murders? That are, does that lady shut off her television when there are murder cases being uh, shown you, on the television? But you wouldn't allow a five-year-old to sit down and watch a TV show where somebody was being tortured or nailed to a cross or... Well, Neil, I, I can tell you this much. Now, I don't know how that lady rears her child by the looks of it. She's doing very well. But all I can say is she can't have it all her own way. There are other people out there. We must. I was in a Muslim country. I went to visit there for maybe six weeks at a time. And I can tell you we had to go to Mass on Friday because it's Muslim Day on Saturday. And we had to abide by all the rules of that Muslim country. We had to abide. Yeah. They didn't say, oh my goodness, um, 
there are so many Catholics here and over, you know, on holiday or working or whichever. No, you are. go, you are a guest in somebody's country, you abide by their rules. I, I understand that. Exactly. Yeah. But you, when you you're in a country, you abide by the rules. And that, that's the rule in our country. We but, have Catholic but rules. After 2000, have, but after 2,000 years of whatever religion you're having for yourself, do you, do you really think the world is a better place with religion? You know, you look at all of the wars, right? All of the wars that in turn not just kill people, but they cause famine. They cause, um, you know, dictatorships. They cause lack of money. Yes, absolutely they do. War creates famine. And much of the war is in the name of religion. I don't believe you, so I want to kill you. I don't believe you because your your religion isn't as good as mine. That's why they killed Christ, because he wanted peace. That's exactly why they killed Christ, because he wanted peace. He didn't want to go down their road of what they wanted. Yeah, but we're in a much we're in a very different position now than we were two thousand years ago when he was preaching love and kindness. Because religions have been changed now and adapted over the centuries and the millennia to mean completely different things. And has it made the world better? No. Has it no, happened? it hasn't. There you are. There you are, Neil. It hasn't made the world one jot better because we've gone away from God. This lady said when she's in pro- when she had a problem, maybe sick, she wouldn't even ask God to help her. But that's hypocrisy. Well, that's that is, we're, that's we're hypocrites when we we are hypocrites when we do that. You never go to mass. You never say a prayer. You never kneel down. You never think of read the Bible. But yet, the minute you have a trauma in your life. It's God help me, Mary help me, I'll change, I'll light a candle, I'll give money to charity, please, please, please. Sure, that's just hypocrisy. Yes. Well, it might be hypocrisy for some people, but it's not for other people, Neil. We are not all tarred with one brush. When, when, when I'm praying for something, I trust in God. If he wants to give me an answer to it, that's his will. And that's because you're praying, that's because you're praying all the time, though. Pardon? That's because you pray all the time. But you don't have to be on your knees all the time praying at all, Neil. You can offer your, mar- your day's work in a prayer. Nobody asks you to stay on your knees all day. That, that's hypocrisy. You, you, when you're doing your daily work, you offer it to God, whatever you do. And you accept, you do the best you can to be better. You go to a doctor if you're sick and you trust in God. That he, the doctor will make you well. But as for hypocrisy, that people do that themselves. But religion doesn't make you a hypocrite. All right. Okay. All right. You're a hypocrite if, I mean, you're a hypocrite if what you do yourself. But knowing and telling a child that Christ died on the cross. Sure, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I had, listen now. It just sounds I a bit bizarre and spooky to be getting them to colour it in, though. I mean, you ask them to colour in the nails as well. Listen, well, I won't even argue with you because to tell the truth, I don't think this lady's would she you couldn't you couldn't tell her what to do right. she has her own thinking she has her own mind and if surely with goodness she doesn't want the child to learn Irish as another lady said there children are coming in from foreign countries and they're learning English and then if they want they can learn Irish she a child won't matter won't trouble a child I have children Ah, yeah, but people, I, I don't think people opt out of languages as much as they do about uh, opting out of religion these days. The world, the world is changing. Look, look, Neil, you must remember, whether we like it or not, 
God is God. We were created by God. He is there. And at the end of our days, we... Not everybody believes that we are created in the image of God, you know. You know that. A lot of people believe that we actually came down the Darwinian road, that we were apes. Yes, I know that. But, well, that would be... That's their way of thinking. And I'm not going to try and change their minds, but all I'm saying is that... There, there is a God there. Whether we like it or not, there is a God there. And whether we want him or not, that's our, that's our choice. Okay, let me, let me leave it. don't be expecting everybody else to change their ways because those people. If there's a Catholic school there, let the people who want their children to be taught religion be taught religion. And don't expect us to be changing for somebody else when there are other options for them. That lady has plenty of options. Okay, thank you for that. Cheers up, Maureen. Back after 11, text 0868104106. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7am and wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Prenderville, stop being such a basher of my religion. Our church has been a punching bag for all you non-believers. We were last on the government's list for consideration during COVID. Pubs and restaurants and everything else were talked about. Our churches were closed. And yes, our churches uh, didn't get COVID payments. Us as parishioners all pulled together to support them. Snide remarks about the Catholic Church or the Vatican are typical of non-mascores, so each to their own. I am a Catholic and this is Ireland. Text 0868104106. I'm saddened that you feel that way because it was never ever my intention for anybody to go around thinking that I was bashing any religion. I'm fascinated by the subject of religion, all religions, always have been. I think it probably was rooted from my upbringing if I... Uh, hadn't had a religious upbringing and I bought into an awful lot of it I mean you know and I enjoyed much of it too Uh, you know certainly I mean was an altar boy for years and could have actually taken the place of the priest at one stage if you're an altar boy you learn every single line of it down through the years right back to the Latin masses and what have you but it's given me a very interesting book at the moment which is a history of the crusades now some people might yawn about it uh, but again, it's another example of how reli- like the Crusades were a war, war in the name of religion, of course. And unfortunately, an awful lot of the time, war is in the name of religion. If you regard that as being bashing your religion, I'm sorry you feel that way. I don't want anybody to feel as if I'm using them as a punching bag. But I, I have always seen the connection between war and religion. It has always been that way. But this isn't my show. This is about you guys. Brenda, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And so each to their own. In what way? Um, well, I have, I, I'm a nana, obviously, I have seven grandchildren, five of them are, well, six of them are, were born in Cork, and then my son married a, a French girl, so they went to live in, in France. Now, I ha, I would have been always one to um, probably, you know, make sure that they're brought up religious and believing in God and everything else, but I've been to France to my son and my daughter-in-law on numerous occasions and we were only over there at the end of this, well, in August actually and we went to Italy for six days and uh, we visited uh, Florence and we went round the churches, you know, there's lovely churches in Italy yeah. and um, 
my eldest grandson, now they go to a multi-denominational school, so they don't do any religion. My eldest grandson, who was just 11, uh, we went into one of the churches and we were looking at our Lord on the cross and he said uh, to his mother, um, uh, Mama, what, what happened to that guy on the cross? Yeah. So she, she said, oh, you better ask Nana that. She knows more about it than I do. So he said to me, yeah, Nana, what happened to the guy on the cross? Yeah. So I said, um, he... He didn't believe in other what other people taught, and so I said um, they they nailed him to the cross and they they killed him. So he was looking at me like as if he must did he do something really bad. So I said, um, well, I said it was bad at the time, I suppose. So he said, um, all right. So he went off and asked his mother uh, what age what age was that guy when he died. So she said, oh, you better ask Nana that as well, because Nana would know more about that than I would. So I said, uh, he was 33. So I, I came back and he said to his, his mother, uh, he was 33 um, when he died, Mama. So uh, he said, um, oh, no, then my daughter-in-law, I said to my daughter-in-law, I said, I didn't go on to tell him that he rose from the dead on the third day. So she said, no, because she said, he's very problematic. And like he would think then that, everyone would rise from the dead on the third day. You were put in a very difficult situation there, weren't you? Pardon? You were put in a difficult position there. I was, but like, as like he, he, he was born here in Ireland, so he was christened. But I have a six-year-old grandson, no one friends as well, and he wasn't christened. But I was like, at the start, I was in the horrors because he wasn't christened. But I can see that they're being brought up um, to know good from bad, right from wrong, they're, they're still being taught, you know, everything that, I suppose my grandchildren here are being taught, like right from wrong, good from bad, what, what, you, what, not, what to do and what not to do, you know, what's good to do and what's not good to do. Yeah, it's because so, it's, it's not as if, they're not bad parents just because they don't believe in religion, they're quite the no, opposite. My son, my son, my son, like was, my son was born obviously here and he was was christened and made his communion and confirmation and but they got married then in in, in a catholic church in in france and um but and a lot of a lot of people were reared um with the catholic upbringing but they didn't continue with it because for a lot of them they just couldn't make sense of it the hypocrisy of it all the cruelty the um, yeah, you see, that's 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 right. Behavior of the priests over the, you know, over the yeah, centuries. Like, that, that's right. Coming from like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think my grandchildren in France are being brought up any different. Not from so, no. My grandchildren in Ireland, even no. though my grandchildren in Ireland are being brought up as Catholics, but yeah. my grandchildren in France are still learning right from wrong, good from bad. You know what? what's good to do and what's bad and what's bad what you're not to do things that are bad you know so they've been brought up every bit is good so as I, I, I actually think it's each to their own at this stage now like I wouldn't be pushing but, the, do you think do you, would you think that maybe some parents younger parents now feel that Catholicism and the, what is being taught, taught in schools with regards to being Catholic is too narrow. It's not broad enough. Uh, I know I mentioned aspects there of reasons why people just said, well, Catholic religion is not for me. It could be, you know, the Tomb Babies or Besbra. It could also be maybe the dreadful treatment of gay people by the Catholic Church, you know, or the treatment of women by the Catholic Church. 
you know, they, they just kind of say, nah, you know, there's more things that I need to teach my children and, and well, to be more inclusive of all people and to love everybody, whether yeah, they're exactly. gay or straight. Exactly. Like, a lot of that now has, has um, not turned me against religion, but has made me look at religion differently of what happened with the Catholic Church, like, and the cover-up of the mother and baby homes and, you know, what they've done to... The Magdalene uh, laundries, all sorts of stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, the, what the, they've uh, done to young mothers. And, do as I say, yeah. not as I do. A lot, of, a lot of young people now, a lot of 20-somethings and 30-something parents just have no time for any of that now. They're leading busy lives and they want to teach their children right from wrong in their eyes. Yeah, that's exactly what my son and daughter are doing in France. They're teaching their children right from wrong, what's good and what's bad, and they're bringing them up every bit the same as my grandchildren here, except they're not being brought up in, in the Catholic religion because the school they go to is multi-denominational, so there's no, no religion. And it's kind, of interesting as well, it's kind of interesting as well that children who are being reared that way now, are they also being taught that when you die, it's all over? You see, I don't know that because like when I, when I said it to my daughter that I didn't tell, tell him that I presume he must be. T- I presume that's what he must think because, like when I said to my daughter-in-law, I didn't proceed to tell him that he rose from the dead on the third day. So she said, "Oh well, thank God," because she said he's very problematic. So she said he would then automatically assume that, "Oh, sure, we'll die and we'll all rise from the dead on the third day if he rose from the dead. We can all rise from the dead." <laughs> it's a landmine, so, isn't it? It's just. <laughs> So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go, I didn't elaborate any further. Oh, then he asked me, um, what was his name? So I said, um, his name was, um, um, Jesus. So he was, oh, right. So the guy in the cross that was killed by the bad men because he'd done something bad, his name was Jesus. I said, yeah, that was his name. So, but, but you allow, it. but didn't you allow the child to believe that Jesus was a criminal? No, I, I told him that he didn't believe in what other people, I didn't say religions because I don't know, would he understand religions? So I just said he didn't believe what other people believed in at the time. I said this was years and years and years ago. So they didn't like him because he didn't believe in the same things that they believed in. So that's why he was, I didn't say crucified, I said that's why he was uh, put on the cross and they killed him. Let me get some more calls on the air. You can hold on if you want. John, good morning. Good morning, Ian. How are you? It's a difficult situation. I think she navigated through it quite well, though, in fairness. Anyway, what your thoughts? Uh, well, yeah, I suppose I just texted in there earlier just um, just in relation to what Joy said. Um, you know, she tried to come across as a person who had a, a clear and concise point and a logical point, but she completely contradicted herself when she said that uh, she's all for choice and people having choice. Uh, and in the next breath, then she said that she wanted, uh, she believes religion should be removed from school. So, where's the choice for the parents? Mm, or the no. Um, did she say that? Was it not said, that she said that the kids should be removed from the class? She did say that as well, but yeah. she also said that I, I just think it, it should be removed when she was speaking about religion. So she did say the kids had to be removed from class. But look, aside from that. Um, well, well, I mean, I could equally ask that question. Surely be to God, religion should be removed from all schools and done singularly, separately, I should say, by parents if they want it. Well, they could. Neil, On a Saturday or, or a Sunday. Well, they could, I suppose. But look, as we we all know, um, you know, schools are well within the, the, the grip now, I suppose, for want of a better word, of the Catholic Church. Uh, 
you know, they have a foothold there. So, I mean, this, that's not going to change overnight. It's not something that's going to be changed overnight. But but uh, why, why shouldn't it be changed if Joy is working here and contributing taxes to the country then goes to run and upkeep and pay the teachers in the schools that are deemed well, to be Catholic your, schools? Well, as one of your previous callers said... There, there is, there, there are other options there, and there are more, and more of those schools coming online. Yeah, so but 90 percent of the schools would have a Catholic ethos, like all the big, huge ones that you know of, the big schools. They're yeah. all, they're all of a Catholic ethos. Well, yeah, and uh, for you know, even going back to my school days, I remember the children were removed from the class as well when religious class were taking place. It might not seem fair. It might seem, you know, you could be isolating kids or whatever else. But I mean. Yeah, that's something that has to be that has to be handled. But I, I just feel as a whole, um, I don't want to call it church bashing because I'm uh, look, I, I'm just get a phrase. I just think people have their their opinions on it. But um, at the end of the day, we have to understand that Catholicism is still, you know, it's still a major major factor in the Irish psyche. Um, it's people will say, oh, sure, look at the older people and this, that and the other. Oh, I think it is very generational. That's the impression I get on the air anytime I talk about it. An awful lot of those that are very much into preserving and protecting are of an older generation to younger parents now rearing small children. They they look at things very differently. We do, and I take your point earlier on there saying we just want, you know, people, because I'm in my 30s, I have two children as well, that we don't have the time for us. I've st- I, I wasn't a practicing Catholic there for a long time. I was brought up a Catholic and it's only recently um, maybe it's something to do with the, the pandemic and everything else that was going on. Maybe looking for some, you know, direction or comfort or anything else. And I decided to go to a mass. I went to a, a Latin mass, and I couldn't believe. Where I was believe. that Sunday as well? Uh, no, that's the um, Peter's and Paul. Peter and Paul. Okay. Right. There. But, oh, it's, yeah, yeah okay. there was lots of people, uh, lots of people inside, younger people inside her that I didn't expect to see inside her. Go away, so, really? Yeah, yeah, and. Look, that's that's the way it is. I just I just feel like obviously with all. And Why did you do that? Can I just ask you? Thanks for making that point. But just before you go, is there anything about your old life that you don't want back that you want to change? Uh, you know, an awful lot of people are searching now and want a different life. They've realised over the last year and a half that you know they don't want to be rushing and racing and dragging and hauling and working. You know, yeah, living, yeah, living to work. Is it, are you looking at anything differently now? Um, yeah, well, just trying to slow down, basically, because, uh, as we all know, life now is not what it was before. Okay, so what, have you a plan in mind? What do you mean by slow down? Just basically to focus on the things that are more important in life. Um, you know, family, obviously. Um, being kind, being nice to people and whatever else, you know, all the, the basic stuff. Um, but the, the important stuff, really, you know. Um, it's just life is too hectic at the moment and I think maybe this pandemic has given t- people time to think. Some people do overthink, which isn't good either, but it can give you time to slow down and think and say, look, you only one shot at this now, make it count, you know. Um, and I just if, that, if that involved earning less money to have more quality time, would that be exactly, somewhere you'd go? Yeah. Would you do that? That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's something I would go, yeah. I just think, you know, and it's, it's look, that's not, a, that's not viable for a lot of people. There's just there's a lot of stresses in life today, and I just feel that Joy maybe the impression I got was look I think she said she lived in the states and um, a country that prides itself on its so-called progressiveness and things. I have we, we have to realise as well. And I don't want to be too unfair here. There's there's a lot of that society that's a bit dysfunctional. Oh well. man, I, I I feel sorry. For, I mean, I I despair sometimes when I think of America because I I love America absolutely, but. The America that we all wanted to go to and be and work and be successful in—that's that's a very changed country now, isn't it? I mean, I think Europe Europe is where it's at now, isn't it? Not America. 
Well, yeah, a lot of Europe seems to be... Uh, I would have thought. ...the way, I suppose, yeah. Um, in a lot of things, but uh, I just think, look, in general, surrounding the Catholic Church, the scandals that happened there, they were absolutely abhorrent, and it's it's a, a stain that will forever remain on the Catholic Church. But I just feel like a lot of the arguments, not saying your show, no, because your show is very very well balanced, in fairness, but there seems to be a lot of, of that hate, you know, uh, on the Catholic Church, and we have to realise that every major event that happened in our history, all those people that sacrificed themselves for our freedoms, for the life that we can try and enjoy today. Those people were steeped in our religion as well. So it goes deeper than, you know, just saying we want to remove from school. Yeah, they were, they were steeped in a lot more than religion. They were steeped in Irishness, weren't they? In a lot Irishness, of Ireland. exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's another topic, and that's another thing that's, been, that's being eroded, I feel, but that's not a topic for another day. But uh, And just on, on your point that uh, all wars, well, not all wars, were religious wars, but a lot, a lot of them were, and we spoke about the Crusades there and whatever else, but... A lot, most wars are ideological wars, I believe, these days, and there's, if there's something to be gained, there'll be a war or there'll be something fabricated and things like that. Um, I, don't, I just don't think, while I'm not overly Catholic or overly religious myself, I just feel that there does seem to be a lot of, there does seem to be a bit of hate towards the Catholic Church. It seems to be, you know, becoming more vocal. I don't think it's growing, but it's becoming, those people are becoming more vocal. We have to be... Uh, well, I was asking the question as to whether the world or indeed this country that we live in is a better place because of religion or not. That's the point I was making. Um, yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a fair I point. Mean, we don't yeah. have to look much further than the six counties to answer that one, I suppose, in the minds of some people, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a fair point. Yeah, but that's just the point I wanted to make. Uh, I understand what Joy was saying as well about the picture. Look, I've, I've two boys myself at times and they ask me questions or they might see something and I, I'm genuinely caught and I try to put a positive spin on it or say something with a smile on my face so that they won't you know be, be too upset about something I can understand as a five year old and you're painting a picture they're probably saying jeez you know what's this about but you know that's up to her then to be able to explain if she if she is teaching them about all different religions and whatever else you know she's not going to be shielding them able to shield them from some of the more graphic details maybe now is the best time to explain it but in a child friendly way you know Okay, all right, it all started with the graphic of, thank you for that, appreciate you taking the call, John. I'll start with the graphic of Jesus uh, nailed to the cross and five-year-olds colouring it in the drawing. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now, 086-8104-106, Red FM. Text 086-8104-106 is right, and also let's get as many calls on air as we can. Vesna standing by, so is Fiona. First up, DD, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And it's not the easiest thing on a Monday morning to come on the air and uh, talk about something quite personal. Um, and this has to do with your own child. Did you withdraw your child from religion class, was it? Uh, he, well, he kind of made a decision himself. Like, he's gone into second class now, so communion would have been coming up the end of September, maybe next year. Mm. So uh, we asked him if he wanted to make it, and he said no. So we kind of... We were a bit taken aback because we just thought he'd want to do what the rest of his pals were doing. Yeah. But he said, no, mom, I don't want to be part of a religion that doesn't believe in you and mommy being married. And he said, at the end of the day, love is love. And is there any religion that believes that you and mommy should be married? And they said, no. And he said, well, that's not my God then, because my God believes that love is love. And I just don't want to be part of something that doesn't believe and where that. did he? where did he hear that, that some, something in class was spoken about that said that you and your partner, both whom are gay and married gay, same-sex marriage, was bad. Where, what did he hear? I have no idea because we don't get the grown love book to come home. He does that in school. So, like, when it says discuss with the family, 
that book doesn't it's come home. It's probably the bit... I think I have the book here somewhere, actually. I think it's probably the bit where it talks a little bit about the family unit, the best type of family unit being a mammy and a daddy. Isn't that what, the, isn't it? Isn't it part of that in the book? That, that could have been the one from last year, yeah. So maybe that's where he got it from because this year, I think he only got to use the book once and then he decided, look, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to make it. Maybe he said when I'm older and things have changed and I have a, a better understanding because that's another thing he said. He said, I don't understand it, mum. So, you know, he's, He's, he's kind of a bright kid for an eight-year-old. Like, so uh, we understood his wishes, so he's not going to do it. Although he still has to stay in the class, he gets to read another book or do some colouring. But he's still in the class while it's being taught. So, even but is he upset about it, though? It, is he upset about it, though? About the... Well, that he, has two, that he has two mammies, and yet in his school, well, where all his pals are, he's been kind of told that that's not right. Yeah, that, that kind of... Well, I don't know whether it upsets him, but he he gets a bit pissed off about it. You know, to him, there's nothing different about it. You know, there there's kids in his class that have one parent. There's kids in his class that have no parents. They could be living with the grandparents. You know, so to him, family is family. He doesn't see the difference between our family and his. There's family. kids in the and class that probably have unhappy families or live in, yeah. in awful situations where we, God knows what could be going on behind closed doors where there's no love exactly. or there's fighting all of the time. There could be physical or emotional abuse. God knows what's going on. Yeah. But yet yeah. he's in a house where he is loved yeah. unconditionally. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it is, um, and as he said, like, he, he, he believes in God. He loves his God. He says his prayers to his God, but not kind of an organized religion. You know, he said, like, is there any religion, he said, that believes that you and mommy should be married and that it's not wrong? And I said, no. And he said, well, then that type of religion isn't for me. But he said, I do believe in my God. So, you know, yeah. and he's only eight. I'm just, I'm just trying to think, actually, of um, a religion as an institution or as a group or as a, a club that does mm. accept same-sex relationships. Must be. I, there must be one I, somewhere. There must be. <laughs> there's something for. <laughs> surely there's something for everyone. <laughs> like the little angel, there's one for everyone. But like, because Jesus, Jesus would not have had a problem with this. But that's what he said. He said. Ah, he said God loves everybody. He said it's the people who are in charge of God. He said like they're his mouthpiece. That's <laughs> what he says. Are the people who say that it's wrong. But thank God that we are now today in a society where you and the person that you love can be of the same sex married with a child. I think that's, yeah. I mean, we would not have even contemplated that in the 80s or 90s. That's true. And we actually spoke to you the morning of our wedding. You, you interviewed the morning oh, of our yeah, wedding. Oh, yeah, I recall that. I mean, isn't it yeah. a great old country all the same in some ways? It is, and it's still a little bit backwards than others, but we're getting there slowly but surely, like, you know? Slowly but surely, well, yeah. I mean, he's a good kid, the age of eight, to be able to know what's right and wrong kid. for him. Yeah, He's Fair a brilliant kid. Proud of him. Fair play to him. Okay, and, and my question for you as well, with this ever-changing world we live in, and I'm going to be asking a lot of people this, is there anything of your life now that you don't want anymore, having come through, let's call it lockdown? Oh, the hustle and bustle and just having to please people all the time. What are you going to do? What are you going to change? What's the new you going to look? Start to say no more often to people. (laughs) You know, know, when you're asked to go places and do things, just say no. 
you know, you don't have to oblige and be be there for everybody all the time. You know, you don't have to be. Uh, I'm not told to put it into words, but you don't have to be there for people all the time. It's okay to say no and have some alone time. Well, years ago, they used, years ago, what they'd say about that is, I'm not going to be a fool for people anymore. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Learn yeah. to say no yeah. more often. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, uh, is it is it about and appreciate what you have? Like, you know, is it about stopping things. the rushing, the racing, the looking for, the yeah. needing, the wanting? That's it. I mean, we loved lockdown. We were in heaven with lockdown. <laughs> we we really appreciated the quiet time and not having to worry about going places or people calling to us or play dates or you know making sure our son was occupied all the time. It was nice just to be at home as a family and just not have to worry about going out to yeah, do stuff. We yeah. were able to do stuff as a family and get back to basics again. I think it's an you interesting know? question to ask, though. What of your old life do you not want back? Because while yeah. you loved lockdown and the whole family unit and the quiet time, I imagine there was a proportion of people in the world, perhaps even listening to me right now, who found it awfully hard that were living oh. with their demons yeah. on their own and... You know that, yeah. and and needed to be around others and struggled. God knows, some of them may not even be with us anymore because of it. Yeah, a few of my friends really struggled through lockdown. Yeah, they just they couldn't wait for it to end. Couldn't wait for their kids to go back to school. Whereas we were the totally opposite end. We we loved it, and we kept our little fella home for longer than normal. We actually homeschooled him for just a little bit longer, just because the numbers were the way they were. Like. But um, at the end of the day, then he decided he wanted to go back to school because he missed his friends. Gotcha. So, yeah. Went again, that was his choice. Okay. Like, you know, so, it wasn't something we did. So if he wanted to stay home, homeschooled, we'd have done it. If he wanted to go back, which he did, he went back. Okay. So, okay. All right. Fair play to him. Okay. So for you then, uh, the part of your old life you do want, that you do not want back is you want to learn to be able to say no. Yes. Please. Cheers, D. Take care. Fiona, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. Um, Go ahead. Nice talking to you. Um, I was going to say there, I, I just think today's religion is completely um, and utterly a joke. I mean, when I was growing up, you went to the devotions before school. Then you had mass. And you were taught about religion. It wasn't a question of what's this, what's that. I mean, today they learn more about A, B, C, D than they learn about or Lord, or religion. People today, and the... Yeah, if you don't have the A, B, C, and D, um, uh, you'll never get a good job, you'll never make uh, a living, you'll never have a home, you'll never be able to surprise... You've got to learn. You've got to be studious, you know what I mean? Religion isn't going to teach you how to get a job, or hold down a job, or take a career path. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying today... There's not as much time put into religion as long ago. Everything, like growing up as a kid, you were taught it day one. Like you have kids today coming asking questions about a Lord, about this, about that. They should already be taught this. The religion today is completely different long ago. I mean, you go to the devotions, you go to mass. How many people go to mass today? Out of the blues, the only time faith or prayers are needed today is when someone is ill or something is occurring in that sense. But other than that, the religion today is nothing compared well, to. But years much of that ago. religion years ago was out of fear. It was out of fear of hell and damnation, and you know, not getting to heaven, and you know, the persecution of endless fires down with the devil and no, no, mortal sins and that. venial sins and. We were all guilty and we were bad and we were... 
there's more guilt and bad and robbing and stuff going on today. Today is Lash what is you'll not, be worried about. Not, you know, that's not I the, wouldn't... No, I seriously... That's not because of religion. I know, but I'm just saying, you were saying there, there was bad and there was this and that, but that's occurring constantly. But all the point I'm making here is the older generation have more faith than the youngs today. Today, Holy Communions are totally about dresses, not religion. Not religion. The kids are looking forward to the money. Yeah, I know they are. And a lot of the parents are just going through the motions of it, knowing that at some stage later in their lives, their children will make up their minds for themselves. I know, but it's nice to let them know down the line rather than coming out with the blues asking questions. They do, they're all over the place. Kids don't know. You teach them right, like you teach them right from wrong. You teach them about religion. Religion is a, well, was a very big part in our lives growing up. And we were taught by the nuns and everything. But outside that, um, one lady in particular, uh, I love her, Eileen O'Driscoll in Bandon. She's the holy lady. Oh, my God. What, what a place to go. The peace. Oh, it's beautiful. And that's fabulous and that's great for you. I'm delighted. It gives you an awful lot of comfort and belief. And it's great to have something that you can cling on to. Not cling on to, because that that sounds desperate, but that you can live your life by and a code that you have. But it's very difficult now to try and tell a 15 or a 16-year-old who's doing science and biology and chemistry and physics that we, if you believe the Bible, that women came from the bone from a rib cage from Adam or that we were all made in the image of Jesus, when when really, to be quite honest, we probably at some stage crawled out of the sea. Well, I don't know why you'd be explaining to a 15 or a 16-year-old. With, um, when they start questioning, age. hang on a second, are you, are you telling me that you want me to believe that I was created in the image of God uh, and that um, we all come... From Adam and Eve, is that, is that still the belief? It well, is, it is, isn't it? Well, we all go on the belief that was there from day one, and like long ago, we'd all go on the buses from school into the um, every man or whatever the palace. We'd be watching Jesus of Nazareth when he died on the cross. So all the schools, all the kids, we watched that, and we, I watched we went that. I on loved that. It. it was a great you know? film. Yeah, no, it was a great film. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it was lovely, but. For kids ranging from first up to sixth, every week we go on the buses from Carrickshul into school, up to watch those programs, and we went on that. Religion was a very big thing, but I think the religion today is gone, Neil. It's actually gone anyway. There's kids not even involved in much, as much on the altar. You don't see kids talk about it. It's only now that pictures are being thrown in front of them or they're, they're wondering, they're confused. Okay, and, so, and some might say, I, I want to talk to Finbar if you don't mind, Fiona, some might say that really that we wrap kids in cotton wool uh, and that we treat them and molly coddle, coddle them way too much and getting upset about a cross or f- drawing in colours on a page should be no big deal, just get on with it. Finbar, good morning. Hey, good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I, I'm good. I know you're under pressure. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the lady that was on before that lady um, about her, her kids packing in religion in second class. Um, I was wondering, maybe the baptism barrier wasn't lifted, like, or did they give birth to that child, or was it adopted, or whatever? Didn't ask, um, didn't feel as if it was any of my business. Clearly, one of them had the child. Oh, absolutely, it's none of our business. I mean, I'm going to ask two women who are married, where'd you get your child? I mean, like. A, oh, I know, I know, but I'm just, I just found it strange that a, a gay couple had a child that was baptized, because, you know, it, it like. 
Why would you find it strange? Like let's let's park that, say, for instance, and and because I don't yeah. want to discuss their own situation, so I'm not talking about them. Yeah. But what happens? What would it be like if, say, for a woman who was in a relationship with a man, had a child, then realised actually I don't love him. In fact, I don't even fancy men. And uh, and she and her child go, and uh, well, she gets married to a woman. Whatever, I think I'm, you know, cool with all that sort of stuff, you know, whatever goes on with people. But I, I was, I want to talk about basically um, <clears throat> kids getting baptized and being sent to school. Um, my child isn't baptized; he's a senior infant, though, and um, <clears throat> you know he doesn't do grow in love. And at night we read a book, a kids' books about evolution and all this kind of stuff. And he'd even tell you this makes far more sense, you know. And like, you could stand. There's an awful lot of kids still baptized. You believe that there wouldn't be, but there is. And not all these people are mass goers. Not all these people are spiritual. I I believe myself that they're doing it to keep in laws happy or keep Nana happy, you know. And I'm just wondering why are they doing this? Like, there's an awful lot of uh, bouncy castle Catholics. Around the place, Catholic and Catholics. there's no need for it. Do you know what I mean? Because like the amount of time religion is given in primary school is it's too much. It's far too much. Do you know when they could be teaching them maths, English, creative things, art, music? There's so much else they could be doing. But who's to assume that they're not doing all of that and then some? No, but you see, they could be doing more of it because like this this religion thing. Like these kids in a couple of years will go on and study science. And, like, they're baptized for no reason. They're baptized to keep their relative there happy. That's my own belief in it. Because, like, they go to Mass for the communion, they go to Mass for the confirmation, the next time will probably maybe a wedding, and the next time will be winter day. And it's not right. Right, the Catholic Church has all this power in... But it, what's the have, yeah. yeah? But if it's like that, so what's the harm in it then? It's a nice tradition. Oh, no, no, see, the harm is the, the children who aren't baptized. The children who aren't baptized, like the, the children who aren't baptized, shouldn't have to come, like to basically wait a, a day every day in school. I all the subjects that I know rammed into religion, civics. You know, it's not. It's, it's not right. So you would have all religion taken out of all schools, is it? Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if families want to teach their kids religion, do it outside school. But what if that religious if, if, lesson if, is if teaching love, acceptance and tolerance? But sure, parents can teach that. Like, kids, kids are good natured, Neil. They're naturally good natured. They pick up being bad natured. That's nurtured. You know, like just because they do, they learn religion in school doesn't mean that they won't um, rob the shop. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't mean they won't rob a car. Doesn't mean they won't ever go to prison. But if they got a well, lesson in the if they got a lesson in the religious class that was teaching them to be kind and not to be greedy and not to be selfish and not to hurt people and not to be to be violent, you know, or to did, 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 know, they might did, be less no inclined to go out and um, do, do parents not teach that? Yeah, well, one would hope that they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. See, you know, and like just even things like going to sports clubs, like that, like being around people teaches you that. Being around the right people teaches you that. Religion doesn't have to teach you that. And school would be a lot more beneficial if there was, it would be a lot more beneficial for the kids if there was different things taught at religion time. Than religion. 
and religion. Okay. Like, they, they either learn about all of them when they're older, all of them, or none at all. And if the churches, like the different churches, not just Catholic churches, like all the different churches, <coughs> like, if, if they really want to, if they're really having trouble with recruitment, they should be doing it themselves, not through the schools. The school should be for schooling. Let me get John on the air as well. Appreciate it, Finbar. Thanks for holding on. John, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Schools for be, should be for schooling, full stop. Anyway, your own thoughts. Yeah, well, I, in my own opinion, I, I spoke to you uh, last week or there, and I, I speak out again my own thought about religion. And I think that religion is like alcohol. I just don't want to be illegal. I just wanted to be out of workplaces, schools, and all government decisions. And like alcohol, until I think my children are ready for it, I just wanted to be out of the reach of the education of my children. And that's my, that's my thought about religion. That it should be treated like alcohol as an illegal yeah. substance to under-18s, is it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah, because, the, the, it, you know, like many of the listeners, not the radical religious ones, you know, they... The, the the lady before and and prior you know we can we can teach uh, ethics to children you know we don't have to teach in the book base of so called sixteen hundred years old or and it's being changed and changed and changed you know about the, the about the how we how uh, humanity has to be controlled you know how to be fear of something or something that we cannot prove you know we say oh yeah there's something going on there there's something he looking at me whatever you know. And I, I don't, I don't need any God. I, I was a really Catholic person for, for I am forty one years, and now I've become an atheist over over eleven years, and it's the best that happened to me because I have problems like many other people, fears, anger, issues that you know, depression, and so on, and so on, and so on. But I, I have to be conscious in my mind that I am the only one who can control my mind. So if I want to be depressed, I definitely will be depressed. If I want to be happy, you know, if I want to attack a talk, you know, attack a talk that is coming to my head or something that is making me feel uh, bad or something What, what like do you that. do? Do you, do you meditate? Do you... Uh, well, exactly. Yes, I meditate. Breathing exercise that should be taught to children at very young age. You know, brain exercise. So it's and just even, okay. It's, so it's just not for you, but for others uh, who are not like you, yeah. it is. I mean, you could yeah, you but, could but, say. But hold on a second. This is what I'm trying to say again. I repeat it to you. You inducing your listeners to be taught that the way to be taught, or to be listened to your thought or to your or to your uh, uh, your idea, because that's what is religion. Jesus is an idea, and all all the prophets and so on. You know, is is that if you. If you analyze the history of humanity since we are writing, there's, there's been 30, 30 look like, like Jesus before Jesus born, you know? Tolls of Egypt, Christina of India, Christi of Chaldea, Aites of Parisia, Thomas of Thomas of Syria, and all of them, uh, you know, hundreds and thousands of years before Jesus Christ. And all related to the same thing, um, uh, Neil, Niles, uh, sorry, you know, uh, all okay. these deities, 
or good men uh, shared the same list, some traits of Jesus has described in the New Testament, drawing the strongest similarities. All right, I'm, not, I'm not understanding you now, John, unfortunately. You said, but you did say the Catholic Church said women on fire, tortured, murdered scientists, supported the bloodiest empires, dictatorships, genocide. In the other call over there last week, you know, that was totally different about that. You know, I, I, I believe that religion has to be taken out of, 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 this is a secular country. I know that they was invaded, controlled by the Catholic religion, so on, because after the war with the English and the English want to separate from the Catholic uh, empire, and I call again the Catholic mafia, because it is a mafia, who been controlling humanity for the last, Millennial, two, two millennials, as I say, you know. Yeah, yeah. An awful lot, lot of people take a lot of uh, spiritual comfort out of their religious belief. No, yeah, it's like I'm saying, we can start, I'm going to get a, a unicorn, and I'm going to start to print the unicorn. Well, well, say, well, well, off you go. Is, this, this is what I believe. The off. unicorn is, is something that existed. It came and one day will come in from the sky and, and will save me and will take me to paradise. F- and so fair on. enough. But that, that's your belief. I, I, I don't care about, I don't care about that, uh, Niall. I care about this life, this life. So I'm going to enjoy it. I don't care about after that. I don't care what's going to happen if I meet the man with the youth, the, with the, with the hell or whatever or God or whatever bull crap is I don't I don't care you know I just I just don't you have, just you, your, your intent is to be the best person you can be yes, in this life yes of course helping old lady a hand when she needs to pass over the, the, the traffic lights if, if she fell something in the floor if someone doesn't have money for, for the transport and you know if I can help the mother of my children you know I, I have children but I know with the mother so my children will be bastards if they were growing up over 20, 30 years ago, and probably they'll be taken away from the mother of my children just because she's not married, just because she never married. And do you think that I like that? That's gone. That was that, that was a long, long time ago. But you don't. Don't defend your faith, though. It's the horrible things the Catholic religion has been doing to control humanity. Just... This place. Oh yeah, but that was yeah, a different. That was that. a world away from where we are now. We're a, we're a pr- no. I mean, God, you imaginary just God. The, the, I don't care. Jesus, Muhammad. Okay. I don't care. That doesn't mean that I made me a bad person. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You know, but I made mistakes. I'm. I'm not perfect. I made mistakes. You know, like I reckon saying to you in the beginning. I made mistakes. Okay. You should have said, okay, I'm going to light a candle and, and uh, I'm going to give money to charity. Or, and, 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 and your man, the, the magic man, opened the sky. Because <laughs> what you're saying, what you're saying again, Niall, is that is, I don't say that God created us in the image of, of him. We create God in the, as, as the, images of, the image of us. Let me sum up what you're... Okay, I I understand what you're saying and I'm just conscious of the time that I've left. You want to do good in this world and you don't need religion to do it. No, absolutely not. Thanks so much. Take care, John. Appreciate it. You're not God and not not dietist, not at all. You don't have to encrypt that to children because... Has the first quarter No, 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 that's fine. That's, that's terrible. That's for you. The the child is coming to school and he goes like, oh, they they killed your man over there just because A, B, C, D and I have to do a cross and all that. It's not for you. It's not for you. Okay, you want to you wanna live your life as best you can without religion and you don't need it to do it. 
So good for you. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. I'm going to finish as I started, and that was with uh, Baccarat. And yes, sir, I can boogie. And uh, it was a duet, actually. There was two of them. They used to work the bars and clubs in Fortaventura, I was reading this morning. They were flamenco dancers back in the 70s and uh, were spotted by RCA, the record label at the time. And they had two hits, actually. There was another one then. Um, was it called uh, Sorry, I'm a Lady uh, was the other hit. But the big one uh, was Yes, Sir, I Can Boogie. And it went to number one in 10 countries and sold 16 million copies. <laughs> it just, I mean, it, was, it wasn't for me. It just wasn't my kind of thing. But what can you do? It's, uh, you, as a disc jock, if you were struggling as a jock to fill a dance floor, that was one that got the dance floor filled. So was Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive, Dexy's Come On Eileen, there were some bankers. And Baccarat was a banker and the age of 69, part of the one half of the duo, that is Maria, died at the weekend at the age of 69. I was asking the question as to whether or not you would like me to finish with it. And a resounding um, amount of text came back saying, absolutely yes. Maria Mendiola, who died at the weekend at the age of 69. Um, they also, Bakra in 78, entered the Eurovision Song Contest and represented Luxembourg with a song called Parlez-vous Francais. I guess Bakra had the last laugh and made lots and lots of money from that and another couple of songs like it, but that was the big one. And I think also, maybe it gets a lot of people thinking, listening to that of a certain generation, because there was a time when nobody went on foreign holidays. There were no foreign holidays because there were no airplanes to take you on them and then there was no resorts really for Irish people to go but it exploded then the back end of the 70s of course when everybody was heading to Spain and the Canaries and Greece and all sorts of places like that and that probably has brought back a couple of holiday memories from you for you back in the day that was from 77 our lines will stay open one 850 text 0868104106 we'll pick it up that and lots more besides in the morning have a good day I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.